it's showtime. This cat here, Binks, right? He can talk. My brother's a virgin, he lit the black flame candle, the witches are back from the dead and they're after us. We need help. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus! You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite? Here's Johnny! Well, actually, the place I'm speaking of is called Halloween Town. This is the time of year to write to the Great Pumpkin. On Halloween night, the Great Pumpkin rises out of his pumpkin patch and flies through the air with a bag of toys for all the children. Welcome back to another special Halloween edition of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year and the spooky season alive a month per year. I am Anthony, and tonight I am joined by some of the biggest horror aficionados I know. First up is Mr. Ron Hogan from Filmster Podcast. How are you, Ron? I'm great, Anthony. I'm ready to create lots of drama and yell at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so par for the course with you. Pretty much, yeah. Also joining us from Filmster Podcast is Lindsay Matheson. Matt Madison. Which yeah, Madison's it. good. Also, <laughs> Lindsay Grellis. That changed semi-recently. So I'll go by pretty much anything. Lindsay's uh, good. Awesome. How are you, Lindsay? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you, Anthony? Better now that I'm talking to all of y'all. Also joining us is Kendall Ferrey of the just launched Two Girls, One Crypt podcast. How are you, Kendall? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am too, especially to welcome Santa Claus himself, Mr. Matt Spaulding of North Pole Radio. How are you, Matt? I'm awesome i'm here and i'm ready to get spooky although um i'm looking at our bracket and i'm like oh no i don't know if i'm i don't know if i'm as qualified as you you painted me out to be in this intro but we'll get there it's okay (laughs) i had to fudge a few things too (laughs) (laughs) so as host i'm going to delegate it to mr ron hogan here to explain what we're doing tonight okay so what we're basically doing is we've got a list of some of the best scary movies, horror movies ever made, and we're going to square them off against one another, and whoever wins the popular vote amongst the five of us will move on to the next round, where it will face the winner of the next match. So, um, for example, uh, our 1 versus 16 matchup, if number one wins, number one moves on to face the winner of the 8-9 matchup. So, basically, it's the NCAA tournament but uh, with a lot less NIL money and a lot more um, stabbings and corn syrup. (laughs) (laughs) And just for, uh, you know, a little background on how I match these movies up, you know, I don't think 
Black Christmas deserves to be at 16, for example. But I was trying to match like movies against like movies. That's all. And uh, I think for the most part, I did an okay job. But You yeah, did a good job. Did, I think you did a very good job, and we yeah. all are mad at you because of it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Too good of a job. Exactly. So we're we're... We're all mad and we're going to vote down vote Anthony's favorites. So just <laughs> be prepared. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I'm pretty sure I know which movie is going to prevail. But we'll see. We'll see. That's the joy, of, the, that's the joy okay. of March Madness or um, October <laughs> Madness. Yeah. October Ooh, Madness. Yeah, I like that. So let's dive right in here. So our first matchup is 1978's classic Halloween versus the original Black Christmas, which also came out in the 70s, 1976. Correct. If it was if it, if it was not for Black Christmas, there would be no Halloween. There would be no Halloween. Yep. So I'm going to actually uh, let Matt lead off this one here. Give us your thoughts here, Matt. Uh, I mean, the answer is Halloween. There's just... So what if without Black Christmas, there's no Halloween? That doesn't mean that the original or the progenitor is the best version. Uh, we all know from evolution that we are uh, superior to the life forms that came before us. And therefore, Halloween beats out Black Christmas. That was beautifully said. Can't argue with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm there's going to reason. argue. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> There's a oh, reason. I was that, ready a, for an argument. There's a reason that <laughs> Halloween is, spawned an entire genre. Yeah, I mean, there. It doesn't matter. It's the Thanos of horror movies. It is inevitable. Ooh. <laughs> it is, and Michael Myers, despite having some wonky looks over the years, is the boogeyman. He is still one of the scariest slashers ever put on the on screen, if not the scariest. Yeah. Also, yep. when that intro piano music comes on, like, how can yes. you not just get goosebumps, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's iconic. It's, it is, it's, it's yeah, good I mean, that we finally talked about yeah. that because uh, when they did the original screening of the movie without the music, the executive said, this is the most boring thing we've ever seen. We hate this. And wow. then that's, that score that's literally true. made all the difference. Mm -hmm. John Carpenter plopped the score in and suddenly they were like, oh, yeah, we love this. This mm -hmm. is great. Let's let's put this out. <laughs> so. And uh, the score alone. With, yeah. Without the movie is creepy enough. Like yeah. I've been on walks like at dusk and stuff and I'll come up randomly on my iPod. I'm like, crap, I'm somebody stalking me. Someone following me <laughs> down this trail. In high school, my uh, in high school, my tallest friend had a got a giant boiler suit and the michael myers mask and he had a little cassette recorder in his pocket to play the music as he walked around the, <laughs> the school it was spectacular because well, he was like six foot seven yeah and eventually they made that mistake uh with the halloween series and they ended up making it later on in the friday the 13th series where uh michael and later on, Jason would get bigger and bigger and bigger as the series went on. Michael's very small in that first movie. He's barely taller than Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And he's not huge across either. He doesn't, he's not built like by the time they got to Tyler Maine in uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and even before Tyler Maine, uh, Michael Myers was like a monstrous size human being. Like, even, um, shit, I'm blanking on the name of the guy that plays him in part five, but even he was a gigantic man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis because uh, as much as I love Margot Kidder, you know, part of a large part of Halloween success is Jamie Lee Curtis. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she deserves all the credit as well for uh, making that movie what it is and that franchise what it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. She invented a whole term or they invented a whole term for the screen queen. So mm-hmm. you're right. I love that. So Halloween, we're all in agreement. That was an easy Unanimous. one. Yeah. Lindsay, why don't you introduce the two films we'll be uh, debating here? What's going to go up against Halloween here? Uh, of course. This was the one I struggled with the most. So I'm not going to die on this hill. <laughs> but the next two are Nightmare on Elm Street versus Friday the 13th. Ah. Uh, I hated making this decision, but for me, conceptually, Nightmare on Elm Street is for sure the more terrifying of the two because the idea of someone being able to murder you from your dream still like makes me go, you know? Yeah. I agree. Well, overall, yeah, an overall nightmare is a better movie. Like that original Friday the Thirteenth is is fine, but it's it's number one. It's not what the series became, um, and number two, it's it's a little bit more of a whodunit, and it's a bad whodunit because they don't introduce the uh, actual killer as a suspect until she shows up <laughs> at the end of the film and you go, who the hell is this lady? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I did. Uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, the... it's not even, it's not even the best Friday the 13th movie. There no. are several movies in the Friday the 13th series that are better than this one, including the mm-hmm. second one. The best Friday the 13th movie is Friday the 13th, the remake. I agree with that. Bold um, that's... statement. Kind of took the best aspects of every movie beforehand and put them into one. Yeah. It even has Mrs. Voorhees as a killer at the very beginning of the film as kind of like the cold open, <laughs> or not the cold open, but, you know, it, it's in there. But anyway, um, yeah, Freddy Krueger, number one, uh, great villain. Number two uh, has, like, the geyser, Nightmare on Elm Street has, you know, great stuff like the geyser of blood, and it has... Um, the the being dragged up the walls and across the ceiling killing oh God, yeah. and yeah. it's it's the glove it's, in the bathtub the glove in the bathtub scene where oh. she gets pulled into the it is a great movie like it really is a great horror film mm-hmm. so um and freddie apart from being a demon even just his backstory being a child killer and we all know what they mean by child killer i mean they just yeah. didn't say it like that makes him even more terrifying as well yeah yeah but he does have a more interesting backstory. Sure. <laughs> yes, for sure. And we're not talking the bastard son of a thousand maniacs thing. We're talking about just the normal backstory. <laughs> the normal backstory. <laughs> so are we all in agreement here with the Nightmare on Elm Street? As Freddie yeah, would, as Freddie would so. say, welcome to the next round, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I will say though, I will give some love to Jason because even though those films mm-hmm. are various degrees of quality, like Jason is an icon, and he is. He's one of my favorite icons. The most exciting part about going to Manhattan was seeing all the places where they didn't shoot that movie. <laughs> Jason takes a boat and then a little bit of Times Square for a minute. That's what that movie should have been. It was Jason Takes Toronto. Let's let's yeah. be honest with ourselves. Not nearly as much fun of a title. Still not even the worst movie in that still not even the worst movie in that franchise. It's close, but it's not the worst one. I love that movie, unironically. Uh, you can stay overnight at Camp Crystal Lake, like where they filmed it and watch like screen the movies. Anthony, you probably know this. Uh, yeah. I've never I done it. Have no you done idea. it? I've never done it. I just found out it was a thing like three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I've That's cool. known about it for a while, but I've never done it. I really want to, though. It sounds so cool. I would do it for sure. <laughs> now, it will involve you going to New Jersey, Anthony. I know how much you hate that. <laughs> I work in New Jersey. I go to Jersey every day. It's okay. You may have to hold your nose and go like into real Jersey, not just New York Junior. It doesn't all smell like that, Ron. Yeah, Ron. Some of it's nice. It is the Garden State. It's not New York. It doesn't smell like pee everywhere, as Tom would say. Well, yeah, but you know, this. but you know what you put on the garden to make it grow? Fertilizer. Mm. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair point. Touche. <laughs> All right, Ron, why don't you take the next one? Lead us off with the next one. Well, this is a fun challenge. Um, I think it's going to be another obvious win, but that's not to fault your breakdown because it's a pretty good breakdown. Mm-hmm. On one hand, we've got the Ur slasher movie, or actually, more honestly, the Ur Giallo movie, because without Psycho, Italy would have just been continued making spaghetti westerns for a long time. But Going up against Psycho is a pretty underrated flick called yep. Hush. I really like Hush. Mm-hmm. I love Hush. And I really wanted Hush to get on the bracket. It's not the perfect fit with Psycho, but that's where I fit the most. And it kills me to put them up against one another because the obvious answer is Psycho, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, look, Psycho's amazing uh and and hush is really good um the thing about psycho that i find is i don't revisit it very much because as good as it is there's entire parts of that movie where it's very very slowly paced Mm -hmm. and not a ton i have to be in a psycho mood um yeah i think i'd still pick psycho though because the highs of psycho are really high I mean, the highs of Psycho have just permeated pop culture full mm-hmm. stop. Absolutely. But I really wish Hush had been placed against a different movie because I can mm-hmm. think of other movies that it might have gone well against Yeah, and come out ahead. Um, specifically, uh, a match that's in our next bracket of, uh, not this next coming bracket, but the South Regional or whatever, however we're going to break these out. So. <laughs> I just called it Southwest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, the so the top, so the first one would be, so this what we're doing right now is the new line bracket, and the bottom left bracket will be the universal bracket because of there you go. <laughs> but I feel like if you put Hush up against a lot of movies and uh, specifically a, a specific pair of movies in the universal bracket, I feel like it would walk away smiling. But 
<laughs> What's fair. that a hint? Uh, no, uh, I actually like that movie too, but I was going to say um, it's more along the, akin to um, Don't Breathe. Yeah. In the. Uh, I agree. I agree with that. The sort of, uh, that sort of genre. It fits better against that than Psycho. Against Psycho, I feel like you should have done, I don't know, um, like The Bird with the Crystal Plumage or. Um, I was going to say The Birds. I was thinking The Birds. The Birds, too. That the was, birds yeah. would be great. Another Hitchcock. Yeah. That was yeah. probably my like gateway horror movie when I was a kid. My mom showed me that. Birds. That was really right. scary. Birds. And Tippy Hedren yeah. just like mm-hmm. got yeah. destroyed, you know, that from poor woman. ever wanting to work on anything ever again. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, she's still in stuff, but you know, what a nightmare. But yeah, Psycho for me too. Yeah. Psycho, it's iconic. Even people who don't like horror know the shower mm-hmm. scene and know the piece of music that goes with that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, unless not the fall down the stairs scene was the first time anything like that had ever been shot in that perspective. So uh-huh. real yeah. like visionary stuff happening in my, the one film. Everybody talks about the shower scene, but my favorite reveal is when the chair turns around and it's just a skeleton wearing yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. That one still gets me to this day. I know it's coming, but I, I wait for it the uh, through every screening. But I will say a few years ago, I saw a uh psycho with a live backing by the Louisville Orchestra. Oh, that's cool. awesome. It was really cool. Like they they you couldn't hear the movie for like three minutes after the shower scene because people were just like throwing babies in the air in the aisles because they it was <laughs> it's so as good as that music sounds like and as iconic as it is and, and how you feel it in your teeth and in your bones. Like to be there live and to literally feel the vibrations on your skin. It's I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. It was yeah. incredible. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. So psycho. Nice. You this is a very friendly bracket so far. Like so no far. I think it's gonna go to fisticuffs when we get We just a hit like the, the main, like the <laughs> most iconic ones, I feel like. So we're about to get into some hairy territory, I think. There's there's one in the universal bracket that I feel like we are going to fight over, and it's very it's very early in the universal bracket. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> so Kendall, why don't you introduce the next one? Sure. So the next matchup is when a stranger calls and the strangers. These are this is a good matchup for sure to home invasion movies, but done completely different. Um, I mean, for me, The Strangers takes it because it's absolutely terrifying. You can't, like, there's n- there's not a whole lot you could put up against The Strangers, at least in the same type of films that would beat it for me. Um, so, that, yeah, that's, that's my choice. I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm on yeah. record everywhere in the world is saying The Strangers, I think, is the scariest movie in the world. It's like, so there's, scary. There's nothing uh, as frightening as the realistic random violence depicted in The Strangers of the Agreed. idea of someone showing up at your house in the middle. Right from, bam, right from the moment... And she asks if the person is home that doesn't even live there. Mm-hmm. It is just, oh God, the strangers are scary guys. <laughs> and um, yeah, that one beats out. I mean, the, granted, when a stranger calls, everybody kind of like it, 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 it has more 
not that anybody necessarily knows where it comes from, but it has more cultural inroads with the the call is coming from inside yes. the house, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, but which that, nowadays kids are like, oh, so he has a cell phone. What's the big right. deal? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> also, the that's like pretty early on in that movie too. It's it's not... like twenty minutes of that movie. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, no, the stranger, Which, hands down. <laughs> now, when a stranger calls, the whole concept of that is also scary to me. I've, I'm a nanny. I've been a babysitter, house sitter. You know, I've been in so many random homes for half of my life. So, like, that concept has always terrified me. Sure. But The Strangers is just a better movie and it's scarier. Like, they did it so much better. Oh, I hard disagree with you guys. Like, so hard. I was mad that I watched The Strangers. I hated that movie (gasps) so much. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I know. I know. But look. So what what did you hate about it? I love that. I'm so curious. (laughs) Did you watch it alone at night in your own home? Yeah. Yeah. Or like in the woods like I I did? All my movies. (laughs) So what do um, you like about it? What didn't resonate with you? I Well, I'm comparing it to When a Stranger Calls, first of all. Right. So mm-hmm. if I was just watching it by itself, because I had never seen it before. So this is the first time mm-hmm. I'd ever watched it because mm-hmm. it was on my list of I got to catch up. So I watched When a Stranger Calls and I was like, this is super interesting. The villain has a pretty interesting backstory. He's also weirdly likable for, you know, a serial killer. And... You feel kind of bad for him. Plus, I love seeing a young Carol Kane. That got me. Um, But I just, I couldn't get past, like, at the very end, I was like, oh, the Manson family. I get it. But up to that point, it was just like, I don't know. I just felt like this, I felt like the strangers left out, like, 30 pages of script that needed to be in there for me. It just didn't mm-hmm. do it for me. I don't know. I felt like it wasn't. What did you think was missing in the 30 pages? Know. Like it, it's. It, like you want it needed more, more like... plot? Is that what you're saying? I don't more know. Purpose? It just felt like. It felt like. Uh, I don't know. I just. I, I watched that movie and I was like, that was. Man, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Sorry, guys. Sorry to be <laughs> the wet blanket here, but it just—it really didn't do it for me. Like my blood pressure started going up when I heard how much you guys liked it. I was like, "Oh, well, maybe I need to rewatch it. I've only seen it once, so clearly yeah. I didn't get—I didn't get the full, you know, thing." But. There's a movie yeah, later on in this bracket that everyone me. will yell at me. That's not maybe not everyone on this panel, but I think everyone yeah. in the world will yell at me when I talk about that I don't like it. But okay, that's I'll tell you what, guys. I know you exactly can... which. I have a good idea which one you're going to say. And I'm <laughs> he ready to he probably he, he probably does. Yeah, you probably actually I've probably said it to you before, Ron. So it's probably not going to be a surprise to you, but. I, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die on this hill. The stranger calls versus, or when a stranger calls versus the strangers, I will chalk it up to, I was watching it while I was working and hopefully my boss isn't listening to this. And (laughs) 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 it was just on in the background. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That could be it. Cause it's, it's more of a visual. Yeah. Maybe I didn't give it its due diligence. So I will trust all of you 
and your horror expertise. Because uh, so far, we've all been on the same plane. But man, I couldn't get behind it. So I'll give it another shot. I'll give it another shot. Ron, you were very quiet for this one. Did you, Were you going to go with Strangers I, as well? Well, forgive me, Gillian Welch, but I cannot remember any going wrong. I just remember that old Steve Miller song. Quicksilver Girl. <laughs> and then the record skips and it turns a Gillian Welch song that is a beautiful song, a real song full of like wistful longing wonder into the one of the scariest damn needle drops of a song in a movie to me. So I'm going to go with The Strangers. And Lindsay, you need to watch it with the lights out in the woods. Okay. I, yes, I live in the, woods, in the woods, so that's no problem. Yes. I'll tell I you, it. I'll just tell you a you. quick story that kind of, and this happened before I saw The Strangers, but maybe I was, uh, for whatever reason, I was home alone. Like, I, I feel like maybe my parents and my brother, like, had gone off. My brother played hockey, and I feel like maybe they were out of town in a hockey tournament. And I didn't know that my uncle was supposed to be coming over to the house to get something, right? Oh my gosh. It's dark. It's night. Uh, my uncle lives in the next town over and he's a farmer. So he was coming over after he did barn chores, which when you do barn chores at night, you don't get done till like six o'clock at night. Then he went and ate dinner. So, you know, it was like eight thirty, nine o'clock at night when he was coming over to the house to get something. I'm in my house alone in the dark not knowing that somebody is coming to my house and the doorbell rang at like 8 30 9 o'clock at night friends and neighbors if you want to be terrified <laughs> be home alone and have the doorbell ring at 8 30 9 o'clock at night let yeah. me tell you what <laughs> all right i'll put it back on the docket you guys have convinced me it's one of those ones that benefits a lot from undivided attention i think yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background and the dark. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the that's my problem. Note when they're to all self, outside PSA. the house, knocking on the outside yeah. of the house. You know. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Surround sound. If you got surround sound for that, really helps too. Oh, yep. I got cool. surround sound. That's, that's a cool. Yeah. Yeah. That that. That's a movie I need to watch again. It's been a while, but I've I've been like saving it. I don't know what for because it's been so long that it's almost going to be like I'm watching it new again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I guess maybe when we cover it on our podcast or I don't know, but the other thing I'm about like that movie, it. the other thing about that movie that's really unique is they win at the end. The strangers mm -hmm. win that's and just true. go away. Yes. Into the, the nobody knows who they are. They just drive away. The two quote unquote protagonists don't survive the movie. Mm -hmm. they're dead at the end that doesn't happen very often we're you know usually at the end of a horror movie michael is defeated freddie's defeated jason's defeated you know the monster is defeated the, the strangers waltz into these people's house torture them for the entire night and go away so that's a fair point and they're like real right they're not demonic yeah. creatures they're just like random or people Jason and or, that's yeah, what ends up so. yeah it's it's almost like <clears throat> if, if i hadn't become so immune the original halloween is the same way right like if you ignore everything that came after halloween with michael myers being supernatural and the the mistake of two of making him laurie strode's brother 
Halloween is a random act of violence, which is Mm -hmm. why that movie is so effective and so scary is that Michael Mm -hmm. just comes into town, chooses these people he's never seen before and butchers them. And so that's part of why the only difference is, is like just it's such a part of pop culture that we're sort of immune to that film at the to, to to the actual horror of that film at this point it's kind of beyond a horror film but if you stop and think about it it's a really fucking scary movie absolutely yeah. better mm-hmm. or worse movie with the original title of the babysitter murders no i, I don't like the babysitter no. murders it makes me think of Because, like, even though it was in the timeline it was in, you know, Halloween, I don't link it with those types of movies like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. um, The Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah. Like, that, it kind of has, like, a kitschy name like that, The Babysitter Murder. So, Halloween really Mm -hmm. kind of amps it up just a bit. Yep. I agree with that. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so The Strangers is moving on, not by unanimous consent, but near unanimous consent. I fold, yeah. By a plurality. Yeah. By a plurality. There we go. Or one is the gentleman sweep. So <laughs> <laughs> now the next face off on this list is two iconic 90s films. We have Scream which is iconic in its own right. And I know what you did last summer. Now, I'm just going to say right off the bat, this isn't even a competition for me. It's Scream. Scream is terrifying. Hard, yes. I agree with you. Even calling I know what you did last summer an iconic movie, I don't know about that. I think (laughs) it might be a generational thing. Like, I know I I watched it. Growing, growing up, you know, preteen, sure. teen. I read it. I read. I never saw. I the mean, movie it's the next one. Yeah. Look, it's based on, but it's getting a legacy sequel. It's the next one in the lineup yeah, getting a legacy. It's sequel. a legacy sequel. Nobody wants uh, those. First it's not necessary. I don't even consider it a horror movie. I consider it a CW drama. I love that movie, <laughs> but mostly out of nostalgia. We covered it on our first episode of our podcast, and. I watched it almost with new eyes. I think I watch it every summer, but when I watched it, I was like, this is really bad. The acting's bad. The plot is really bad. What are you waiting for? Yes. That, but that, that scene was directed by a child. They had a kid on set who was able to direct that that scene. So, you know, you can't hold it against that, but yeah, (laughs) it it has against them for letting a child actively direct their movie. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, uh, just so you know i'm not defending this movie i am saying no, that i, I know, do enjoy I know, it I know. It's, <laughs> but it, it's possible to enjoy garbage like, yes I absolutely do enjoy garbage. i love I garbage. garbage all the time yeah, yeah i do too yeah which i'm sure will come garbage. up later on yeah i mean but scream though is 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 a perfect movie it's really just mm-hmm. incredible it reinvigorated the entire genre horror absolutely was, dead in the 90s like a dead 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 genre and then mm-hmm. scream came out and made a boatload of money and everybody loved it and horror right. was back so and, now- and everyone expects it now like i mean scream's been with us for what like 27 years at this point which is crazy mm-hmm. to think of it's been that long but when oh, you that it just <laughs> makes me so happy this movie makes me so happy I yeah don't care how long it's, it's a comfort movie 
when you think back to how original it was too like the two killer twist at the time like blue minds dude i remember watching this and i have never had a mind fuck like that watching a movie up to that point yeah and i loved and i still love and i'm sure my husband loves that i do this but i will sit there and be like oh i bet this is gonna happen Mm -hmm. and i like being right and scream i remember was like the first movie that did not happen. I had absolutely no idea what the hell was going on. I yeah. use that line like at least five times <laughs> in that voice too. Because the murders were so fresh, original. You know, um, it it wasn't because by the nineties, Halloween was on six at that point or five at that we had h2o in the 90s yeah h2o H2O came later and h2o comes after scream so yeah it was and and legitimately uses a scream score Uh, in that movie nightmare on elm street was up to freddy's dead i think by that point which is a god-awful movie um scream came out and was was fresh and new mm-hmm. and fantastic and like i said so yeah yeah and it let's was... say so when you put ghost face next to the fisherman come on what's what are you gonna be more well, scared of in the dark and to <laughs> to piggyback off of what matt just said it was fresh and new while still being true to its roots with halloween you know the slasher films and the slasher genre but like almost recreating it. And now I feel like those movies kind of do the same with its own self. Like the sequels we're getting now are still, in my opinion, just as good as the original ones. Yeah, deconstructed the horror genre without making fun of the horror genre. Yes. And uh, in the process, you know, I mean, I don't think they expected that cheap old father death mask, as it was called, to become like the most popular Halloween costume every year over the past next three decades. Like you cannot walk down the street on Halloween without seeing like five of those Mm -hmm. costumes, at least. So um, I'm obviously going to go with Scream here as well. But fun fact, the hulking Michael Myers we talked about from Halloween 5. Mm-hmm. Played the Gordon Fisherman in the third "I Know What You Did" movie. <laughs> uh, there you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> same beef tank of a man, just dressed up in plastic, carrying a rubber hook, and getting paid <laughs> yeah. for it. I, I don't even mm-hmm. really like Scream that much, but Scream is definitely the successful version of "I Know What You Did" last summer. And without Scream, Kevin Williams never would have made the following. Without the following, I never would have been on the Film Strip Podcast because that's how. Jay and I bonded because we both really liked that show. I love that. My connection to the following, they shot they shot around here all the time. Like in my little town here. Nice. Yeah. So were you ever in the the background of the show? No, but they used one of my friend's houses for one of the houses at one point. Oh, cool. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think this one's a walkover for Scream, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, by unanimous consent. Uh, so going in a circle here, Matt, why don't you introduce the next one? Oh, okie dokie. Um, here is where we run into the first place where I was like, boy, you shouldn't have introduced me as one of the biggest aficionados, you know, because I've only seen one of the movies in this bracket and I can't vote for it, even though I've seen it. Um, we've got uh, sleepaway camp versus the slumber party massacre. 
Uh, friends and neighbors, I have seen Sleepaway Camp, and I spent the entire movie going, what the absolute fuck am I watching? That's the whole <laughs> point of that movie. It's so bad, but that's it's, why it's so good. No, it's not so good. It's bad. And um, <laughs> I saw it the one time that was enough for me, and I never saw the Slumber Party Massacre, so I guess I abstain from this vote. <laughs> We don't need that negativity. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a sleepaway camp apologist. It's I love that movie so, so much. Terrible. It is. I, I'm gonna have to. I so I guiltily like both of these movies. Like they're both entertaining to me. They're both guilty pleasure movies. But I am actually, and I know I'm sorry, Kendall. I'm going to put my vote for the Slumber Party Massacre. Really? Be because. Sleepaway Camp always just seemed like, you know, a lesser version of something like Friday the 13th, which is not, like, as Matt said yeah. earlier, that original one was not that great to begin with. But at least, but, but, but the only thing Sleepaway Camp has over Friday the 13th is it does end up being a proper whodunit. So the suspect, is, yes. the murderer is there the entire time. However, is that is the different. only thing going for the entire, that is the only thing going for that entire movie. <laughs> And now I'm going to be quiet again. There's such a good argument for both of these. I'm going to need to be convinced one way or the other now, I think. But like Sleepaway Camp, I get. And I think that was my original pick. But because the ending is, again, so like what the hell just happened? Um, yeah. But the Not summer just Marty. The, end, the entire the, movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the and and then you've got it paired against the slumber party massacre which was i believe originally written as like a comedy mm -hmm. but not filmed that way so it's still like really fun and really funny and your classic like naked girl slasher movie right which is why um, anthony chose it over sleepaway camp but go on which is <laughs> 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 Which I thought that too, Kendall, but <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Like clearly the obvious choice. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think I'm gonna stick with slumber or I'm sorry, with sleepaway camp for my pick. Mm -hmm. Ron, it's, what say you? It's weird that by nineteen eighty two the slasher genre had codified enough that they were able to do a pretty legit spoof of it, just using the tropes of like what had to be like five or six good movies and a bunch of Halloween knockoffs, but it's a, it, Oh, this is a tough choice for me because I, I, I love sleepaway camp. I've got the sleepaway camp, uh, survivors kit box set with all the little <laughs> goodies that come with it. But slumber party massacre is one of the unintentionally and most, and also intentionally funniest horror comedies that I've, I've that has ever been done. Like it's like what, it's like if if the mm -hmm. scary movies had like been really good after the first one, they could have gotten to the quality level of the Slumber Party Massacre. That's fair. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really, really like Slumber Party Massacre. It's a weird, random hit. Um, it was one of the few slasher movies that was written and directed by women. I think it's aged a lot better than Sleepaway Camp. I, I think some of the later Sleepaway Camp movies are a little bit better. Yeah, there's some problematic themes in that movie for sure. 
<laughs> well, you know, but it also gave us a line, you know, Carpenter's Dream, uh, which is tough to beat. Um, <laughs> I am going to, this is one of my first like rough choices, but I'm going to go with Slumber Party Massacre. Ah, so we're split then. We're split, but I'm not willing to die on the hill. Like I'm not willing I'm to not like right. you... use my currency here, which I I feel we'll like I'm gonna have to use hill. later on. So I will yeah. I'll you budging. know I'll concede to You're sleepaway not... camp. Okay. All right. Kendall feels very strongly about sleepaway I love I love the movie. I think it's so it's so bad, but it's one of those like I laugh when I watch it. I recently saw it at a local a uh, small theater here and they had like a summer series and I took my husband who had never seen it and everyone just laughed throughout the whole thing. Even just like things that weren't supposed to be funny that are funny. And it has one of my favorite quotes. Um, it's uh, eat, uh, eat shit and die, Eddie, eat shit and live bill. And that's my, f- I quote that to my husband all the time. <laughs> eat shit and live is the best comeback ever. So uh, I, I, I mean, I completely understand why someone would not like this movie like you, Matt, or uh, choose. I I don't feel very strongly about Slumber Party Massacre, but maybe it's because I feel so strongly about this. But that's how I feel. That's my my choice. I like Slumber Party Massacre 2 so much. I think it weighs me more positively towards Slumber Party Massacre 1. Mm. See, that's fair. And I also really like the sequel to Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway um, Camp 2 is yeah. also way better than Sleepaway Camp. It is way better and it's it's good. Like and, it's, and an it's actually it's pretty good for what it is. And it's aged a lot better too. Mhm. Yep. And that's actually kind of the perfect segue to the next one speaking about aging. So Lindsay, why don't you introduce well, us to the next Wait, for, what did we so choose? Sleepaway Camp. I budged, Sleepaway I gave camp. in. Okay. I think I talked over you. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) I didn't hear you. (laughs) So our next matchup is X versus the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And please, someone correct me if I'm wrong, because if I am, it's Jay's fault. Uh, Are we talking about the 2022 Texas Chainsaw Massacre? The original. Or the original. Original. The original. That's on you, Jay. I hope you're listening. <laughs> oh no, he made you watch the 2022. Oh, oh he watched, honey, I did he not watch just it. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a terrible movie. I didn't watch it. Oh, good. Um, it's terrible. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so let me make sure I have the X right. X was 2022, correct? Correct. Yes. Or was this a different? X? Okay. Man. All right. Well, that makes it a little harder for me then. Man, guys, I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the real one, since I was in high school. So I don't know if I'm a great like person to kick this one off. But I mean, X was weird and kind of fun. And I'm always I am a big sucker for like that play within a play or that film within a mm-hmm. film structure. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre just has a special place in my heart. So yeah. I got to go with Texas. I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to go X. I'm, this I, is not a hill I'm dying on. So give me your, yeah, give me your So best. I think what the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 
I understand its importance in horror movie history. Uh, I love Leatherface as an idea. I think the original is so campy and not in a good way. I actually think the 2003 remake is a much better film and a much scarier film. The original doesn't do it for me. It's so over the top between the paraplegic brother and, uh, <laughs> you know, who's acting I mean, like, like he is the most. In, I mean, you, you hate to say it because the guy's in a wheelchair, but he is the most annoying character in all horror ever. <laughs> he frankly. really is. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have. He, uh, he, he's even worse than Shelly from the Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, he really is. The yep. Worst. And then you have uh, yeah. the family, Leatherface's family, including the old man from Six Flags who's half dead at the table. Because that's exactly <laughs> what he looks like, just a young guy in old man makeup. It just doesn't do it for me. I mean, the, there are some iconic moments like Leatherface slamming that door shut and Leatherface dancing in the road at the end with his chainsaw. Yeah. But I love X. I love the idea of this older couple be learning people there to kill them for because the wife is just horny and she misses her youth and <laughs> wants to have sex and the husband doesn't give it to her uh, i think it says i think it has a really good story there about aging and the fears of aging and um like you Lindsay, i like the movie within a movie like it was actually really fun yeah. like like them shooting the porno while all hell's about to break loose uh from the main house and uh yeah, I got to give it to X. I love X. That's probably one of my favorite horror movies in recent years. I really loved X. It's really, really damn good. It really is. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre wins this one for me. Uh, that movie is, it's gross. It's not as gross as like in terms of gore. It's shot kind of gross. The whole movie looks hot. The whole movie looks like it, it smells bad um because it did yeah <laughs> right they they were locked in that friggin' farmhouse with like surrounded by rotting meat in like a hundred degree weather for Ugh. like something like 14 hours it was ridiculous Ugh. they yeah the shooting of that the making of that movie is a horror movie in and of itself it was like a nightmare to get that movie made um and uh all the things anthony you said you just hate about it i love <laughs> leatherface's family the 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 brother the hitchhiker um the his um <clears throat> the the cook all that of course uh, a little bit of that gets expanded the cook gets a, a much better role in texas chainsaw 2 um and he gets a chance to see that movie's uh pretty underrated i think not as many people check out texas chainsaw 2 as they should but so um, much fun it's a fun movie uh but yeah as god as good as x is and as much as i love it i think in terms of like just pure horror movie like iconography and in terms of like being up there on the mountain with all the other great horror movies is texas chainsaw massacre which I will say, in fairness, X clearly borrowed and was inspired mm -hmm. by. But. Yeah. I have tried to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've watched the original. I've watched the 2000 remake, the really bad one that they made last year. And I just, I never get it. I never, it's just not it for me. Like, I appreciate it in the horror genre, but it's just not... 
I want to like it more than I do. So for me, I'm choosing X. Ooh, two, two. And I know Ron, Ron's going to, Ron's going to break my heart here, but go for it. Mm -hmm. I sure am. Cause Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> is one of the most disturbing movies ever filmed. Even if you don't know the filming conditions, you can tell that these people are miserable throughout the shooting of this movie. They, it is probably one of the sweatiest movies to ever have been filmed. And I've seen a lot of movies with Joe Don Baker sweating through suede coats in the seventies. <laughs> it's, it is one of the most successful low budget movies ever made. Um, it is one of the most interesting franchises front to back ever made. Cause this, these movies get weird and crazy in a, the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, no, uh, the first time that, uh, Wes Craven saw it, he thought like crazyoid could do something like this. So that should tell you how effective that was, because I don't know if people have seen, um, last house on the left, but it's a pretty effective, crazoid movie that, that movie right. did not do it for me like i i had heard about it for years and how like disturbing and everything it was i watched it for the first time last year and i went wait that was the movie uh, yeah i, I mean it's, it's yeah it ages very poorly because it's not good it's a little mm -hmm. too it's a little too highbrow i think yeah for what it needs to be Wes Craven was very much a literature guy an english major making a movie rather than a dude making movies who knew english but yeah, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like all the way. I'll tell you what, Ron and Matt really have sold this. It makes me want to watch it again. Like, and I am not a big fan, but y'all have really like talked it up for me. I mean, I can it's, understand. It's a Rob Zombie like... movie before Rob Zombie started making movies. <laughs> Rob Zombie well, wishes it's, he could make a movie this Yeah, Rob Zombie <laughs> wants to make the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and nobody will let him. That's, the, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. And he's never going to stop. Yeah, never going to stop. No, if I recommend wholeheartedly that if you do check this out, check out the version that uh, any of the versions that Joe Bob Briggs has done. He, so like the last drive-in version for the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or the if interview you... he did with the uh i i early in the pandemic he did a thing where he did they did that movie back to back once with the the surviving cast and him and once with the technical crew and him and both of those are fascinating um Kendall did you ever see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 no okay even if you didn't enjoy the original the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. It okay. is a weird ass movie. It is not at all like the first one. It's it's really a dark comedy. It's pretty over the top. Um, it 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 has one of the weirdest characters I've ever and weirdest and grossest characters. Uh, character named Chop Top I in knew the movie. That was happening. Yep, chop top. Um, uh, it, it's just just give Texas Chainsaw Massacre two a whirl and see what you think about that one. I will. Ah, uh, now that my mood has been soured, Kendall, why don't you introduce the next matchup? We have Saw versus Hostel. I feel like I might be 
in the minority here, but I have a big old soft spot for the Saw franchise. And that first movie, I mean, that was like a turning point in film. I feel like like the twist at the end and like the fact that the person who has been doing all this was laying there seemingly dead the whole time. And then surprise, like Mm. it just, I, I choose saw that's my choice. Um, like I said, I just have a soft spot for that movie. People forget with you. Yeah. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, I'll, I'll hop in there with you. I don't have necessarily a soft spot for the whole franchise. The franchise goes a little bit, into um of course the term we use now is torture porn but that first one is a lot less torture porn than the rest of the franchise became it's it's very heady it's not even as gross as the rest of the franchise became yes not but like you said when you get to the end of that movie and you realize that dude has to saw off his own foot to get out of there mm-hmm. people kind of forget now that the saw movies yes. are off the rails that when that movie came along you went what is mm-hmm. happening right now yeah you got to remember how you felt the first time you saw that movie like we were talking about scream earlier and i meant to say it then that i I forgot, I guess, but I don't remember the first time I saw Scream. So I can't remember mm-hmm. how, you know, blown away I was from that, I guess, because I've seen it so many times. But for Saw, I don't I will never forget that. Like that was a turning point for me. And I was young, you know, I was a teenager, I guess. But um, so that I mean, yeah, everything you said, I agree. I mean, that twist at the end when Tobin Bell climbs off the floor and the hello zip uh track from the, the stores blaring yes. and, yeah same over Bang. yeah i'm with or i'm with you guys saw all the way hostile good, is good. to use your term there matt much more torture porny saws saw that original is a little more intelligent and i appreciate that about it and i think jigsaw is an underrated horror movie villain so yeah saw. Is Jigsaw underrated? I had no idea. Like I I'm like I remember the first time I saw Saw. It is seared into my brain. I remember who I watched it with. It was in a mm-hmm. dark room with my best friend and we were just like, you know, blankets over our heads, tucked in, ready to roll and it was the craziest thing we had ever seen. And that was I feel like that was the point or maybe that was like the catalyst to I feel like gore in the 21st century was really trying to find its space and what that would become and look like and saw really helped it get to well not quite to torture porn but this is you know this was really like the first really like new gore that I feel like I had seen up to that point. Mm -hmm. It kind of started the whole like, um, like horror games, almost like torture games. You know, you have a lot of genres, like um, there's one on here later escape game and, you know, uh, ready or not could be considered like games with horror. And I love that concept in horror. It's a great subgenre. Um, so I really think it's one of those that just sort of changed horror movies in that time. I'm not a big fan of Eli Roth. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the first Saw movie either, but it's definitely more 
I, I like it more than Hostel. The best part of Hostel was only the uh, Icelandic guy. But uh, it's plus I'll launch James Wan's career, right? His horror career, at least. So we have to give it, it that. If it wasn't for Son, Saw, we wouldn't have gotten Malignant, and Malignant's my favorite. Ooh. Malignant, Malignant's my favorite new horror monster of the last, like, 10 years, probably. We'll get to that, Ron. Don't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> I think judging from Matt's reaction screen. here, I think that uh, <laughs> I know what Matt every was time, referring to earlier. Every time he shows up on screen, you have to point at the screen and go, hey, that's malignant. <laughs> <laughs> so Saw advances. So Ron, why don't you introduce the next one? Yes, Spell. Impression <laughs> was me trying to do a Dracula voice because this is the Drac pack attack. Dracula, I assume the Todd Browning one versus Nosferatu. I assume the silent movie one, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, Dracula basically invented the entire concept of the universal monster. Um, Nosferatu basically invented the idea that and the cabinet of Dr. Caligari were like the one-two punch that actually made horror movies a thing. So as hard as it is to go against one of the original movies, so to speak, although Dracula was very early on too, at least the silent movie version of Dracula was, um, my head says Dracula, my heart says Nosferatu. I will go with Nosferatu. Screw it. I will second that. I love both of those films so much. Uh, the Bella, Bella Lugosi as Dracula is iconic, right? He is the universal monster. He People still dress as him today when they dress as Dracula, right? He is who you think of when you think of vampires and Dracula. But to your point, Ron, Nosferatu, along with the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, which I love that movie too, really invented the horror genre. And Nosferatu has... That's scary in its own right. I revisited that film last year, and it is a really scary movie. It's very just effective the, for that, the time. Just that claws out is terrifying. Yeah, and the, the character design is great, and I'm actually really excited for Robert Edgar's remake with Bill Skarsgård coming out next year. But yeah, I'm going to go Nosferatu. I think it's kind of underrated and kind of got lost to history a bit, except for hardcore horror fans and movie buffs, but and SpongeBob fans. And SpongeBob Nosferatu. <laughs> Hi Nosferatu. <laughs> I gotta go with Dracula. I mean, Bela Lugosi, the Universal Horror Monster. He's Count Dracula. I mean, Ron and Anthony, you made the points. Like Nosferatu may be like the original horror movie or one of the original horror movies, but it doesn't have the staying power and cultural impact of Dracula, Count Dracula. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no other way to say it. That's the that's my pick. That's one of the one of the all time greats right there. Nosferatu is in the opening credits of Malcolm in the Middle, so it does have some <laughs> lasting cultural impact. <laughs> oh man. I just, I really like a good speaky, you guys. So I, I didn't know which one I was going to go with. I was hoping one of you would sway me and you did. Um, and my original like gut or heart uh, instinct was 
Nosferatu mainly because he's just scarier looking. He's got, I mean, it's just a creepier, everything's just, everything's just a little creepier and a little weirder. And yeah, that's it. For those, well, no one can see because we're on a podcast, but <laughs> Anthony for, has for a those, little Nosferatu doll. <laughs> for those listening at home, Anthony just held up an action figure of himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Nosferatu. Uh, so yeah, I'll hop, I'll hop on, I'll hop on the Nosferatu wagon. Ooh, okay. Well, it doesn't really matter. But I side with Matt on this one. I go with Dracula. Just he's just class. Matt explained it. He's explained everything I would say. It's Dracula. But Nosferatu uh, was in SpongeBob. <laughs> he was in a fantastic episode of SpongeBob. It's one of my favorites. It really is. In the um, Shadow of the, the the movie Shadow of the Vampire about the making of that movie ish. Fantastic, also a fantastic flick. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to we're not ready to leave the so Nosferatu advances three to two, our closest call yet. Mm. This is gonna be a friggin' rock fight. <laughs> the world <laughs> of universal <laughs> monsters. This hurt. We have Frankenstein versus the bride of Frankenstein. They're both are iconic. I love both. I think I gotta give the edge to the bride of Frankenstein. You can get Frankenstein's monster plus his creepy bride. Like, that automatically gives it the edge. That movie is legitimately good and legitimately scary, too. So, I bride, I mean, yeah. Bride might be the peak of the Universal Monster movies. I'm just going to say it right now. That might be the the best of all the Universal Monster flicks. That's saying something, because I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I do, uh, too. But, man, uh, I'm... Bride over Frank. Yeah, this one's really hard, guys. It is. Um, they're both really good. Um... But I will say, uh, while Matt gathers his thoughts, Maeve has a big stuffed Frankenstein doll that she calls Frankenstyle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's it's, awesome. it's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think I got to go with Bride as well, only because uh, one of the things that Bride does over the original Frankenstein movie is it captures more of the spirit of the original novel, um, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of stuff in the original film that has stuff from the original novel in it, uh, but it never gets to the heady parts of the Mary Shelley novel once the monster learns to speak and think, which Bride does. And so for that, and unfortunately the movie is called Bride of Frankenstein. Elsa Lancaster's in it for all of five minutes right at the end. <laughs> it's rather unfortunate that that happens, but that's also, again, what happens in the film. Or in the in the novel. Uh yeah, Bride. It's a tough choice, but Bride. I'm gonna go with Bride as well. It was hard. I love Frankenstein, but I mean it's almost so yeah. I have nothing else to say. That's what I say. I'm gonna go with Bride as well because Frankenstein smokes cigars. 
Also, there's a call out to a scene in Bride in one of my top 10 favorite movies about a boy with Hugh Grant, where he watches it over Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so extra points for that. But good call, Matt. I didn't think about the references to the book as well. Mm. You are right. Yeah. So there's one more. I mean, the movie uh, makes the weird choice of even opening with Mary and Percy and everybody uh, that, you know, uh, Mary is essentially telling that that was an odd choice. But uh, beyond that, it does it does get more into the 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 moral quandaries of the novel versus Mm -hmm. the original film, which is just a straight up monster film, a really good straight up monster film. But it's just a monster film. Mm hmm. So it wasn't a rock fight. In a sweep, nope. we all picked Bride. Mm-hmm. I, I expected there to be uh, differing, more differing opinions, but it's... We all have good taste on this podcast. <laughs> do we, Anthony? Do we? Yes, we do. I don't know. I think I'm the only one who actually really likes Sleepaway Camp, so it's it's fine. <laughs> Maybe we don't. I, I've i never said it was a good movie you didn't you said you liked it and that's mm-hmm. different. yeah i'll be curious to see how the next one plays out so matt why don't you introduce the next matchup well uh, here we get to another one with a movie on it that i didn't see Ooh. uh this is smile versus it follows um i did not see smile um but i do really love it follows so it's pretty easy for me to vote for it follows because i love it i actually don't like either of these movies um and i was surprised by that um i had recent i've recently watched it follows probably last year or so and I had heard so much about it and I was really excited to see it. And it disappointed me. I thought it was very um, like mid, I guess, like middle grade. I don't know. It just wasn't what I expected. So maybe that was it. Maybe if I watched it now, I would like it more. Smile was the classic. I saw too many trailers. And I remember the very first time I saw the trailer, it scared me. And I don't really get scared like that. And um, I remember it, got, it was so scary that I sh- showed my husband again and I couldn't watch it that time. But I watched the trailer so much that it just I didn't like the movie. Um, mm. But if I had to choose between both, I would say it follows because that concept, I think, is more original and more interesting. I mean, smile is basically the ring, but you watch a murder in front of you. Yes. Which I like that gimmick. I like that premise. But it follows is did it first and did it better. And it had a really cool the the set piece at the end of it follows is really cool. So I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. it follows. They're all going with the STDs, the sexually transmitted <laughs> <Yeah>. demons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that is interesting. I just I need to watch it again. I also Kendall asked myself can i pick neither i yeah. don't know if i love either of these but if i had to pick one i just thought smile is creepier for me um yeah. but again not a hill i really care about 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normal Diane either. So honestly, yeah. if everyone had so picked smile, I would be like, yeah, we'll yeah. go with smile. Like I don't care on this. I really one. don't have strong feelings about either. Yeah. Not that matters because it follows us moving ahead, but I was also going to pick smile. Uh you are right, Ron. It follows is the better movie. Smile is basically the child of it follows, right? Or the nephew or cousin or something. They're very yeah. similar. But I found Smile more entertaining and more rewatchable and creepier. It follows yeah, it's a better it's made creep, movie. It's definitely right? creepier, yeah. Maybe it's that's still, why I yeah. expected more of It Follows. It was just more high school, I guess. And I don't know. I had too many expectations, I guess. I, I had a lot of expectations for both, and I, I got disappointed. Well, It Follows moves ahead. All right. Up next, we have Barbarian versus Cobweb. I am going to go with Barbarian because Skarsgård. Extra points if you've got Skarsgård in there. Either one. It's fine with me. Uh, (laughs) This is a cool storyline. Um cobweb admittedly didn't see did my research though watch the trailer read the plot Mm. summary uh (laughs) that's more than i did so still think i'd pick barbarian i'll just jump in here because i'm gonna be the lone cobweb defender here maybe the only one who's seen it i well, Bar- that's what happens when it comes out in five theaters nationwide, and one <laughs> of them not right to do next that. to your house. Oh. Yeah, okay, so first of all, that's a damn shame on the studio for burying it between Barbie and Oppenheimer. It was always going to get lost. They did How no marketing. They? Yeah, it's not, it only came out five weeks ago. Barbarian, though, was one of my favorite movies of last year. I love that movie. I was so enthralled that whole movie. And then when I basically switched movies halfway through, like when you get that hard cut to Justin Long driving along the highway, I'm like, what am I watching here? Yeah. Um, it was so well done. points for Justin Long. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was absolutely. so well done. And it actually made, I guess, points for me for making me sympathize with the mother in the end. You really feel bad for that creature. Mm. Um Oh, you totally do. She was like bred in captivity, like a product of like. I mean, I guess and she was really gross. At the end, she was just like baba, baba, like she wanted to take care of her. Oh, it made me sad at the end when she shot her. Anyway, Barbarian was one of my favorites of last year. Cobweb, I had no expectations for seeing it because it almost got zero marketing and got such a limited release. <laughs> uh, but I freaking love that movie. And that movie had me so tense the whole time. Like when you get to the last act, I am literally watching through my fingers. Lizzie, which mm. never happens. Lizzie Kaplan was amazing. Anthony Starr was amazing. That whole movie, creepy as hell, set at Halloween, total Halloween fall atmosphere and Oh, I wish I got more love in theaters and all four of you need to see it when it hits streaming. I do love a good horror movie set at Halloween. Obviously, I have not seen Cobweb, but Barbarian was really good. What you said about it flipping like movies in the middle, just like the com- like a complete atmosphere change. I do love when movies do that. The um, It gave me the feeling I got the first time I saw Cabin in the Woods, which is one of my favorite movies ever. 
Um, just like it's not really what it seems type thing. Um, so that is one of the reasons I love it. But yeah, by default, I have to go with Barbarian. I loved about half of Barbarian. That first half is an exercise in tension. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, I did not breathe for the first half of that movie. It's really, really incredible. Uh, that flip you guys all love so much. Me, not so much. I think once it hits that point, it loses me almost entirely. Um, fair. Justin Long is not one of my favorite actors in the world to begin with. <laughs> um, he's completely obnoxious in this film. Uh, the mother inbred incest baby creature thing is dumb and looks bad. It's not a good effect. Um, nope. Terrible. Um, I don't like when you do that, Anthony. Please don't. <laughs> That's what um, she did. Do a no. wrong turn impression it's not instead. Sa- it's not sad. <laughs> it's not. D- but because I didn't see cobweb as well as neither did anybody else on this panel or in the entire country. I have to vote for barbarian. Wrong. Are you going to let me down here too? Is Lindsay the only one who did her research by default by reading the plot summary? I am impressed. I've read the plot summaries for, for both movies. Um, I've seen neither. Oh, I will defer to the group. The Barbarian <laughs> by default. Although I am convinced Cobweb would have moved. I could have swayed somebody for Cobweb. The two sweetest words in the English language. Default. He thinks he could have swayed me for sure. Sorry. I, th- I think Matt could have been swayed for Cobweb too. I'll let you down. If I actually saw it, yeah, I probably would have. I, 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 will, I will say though. The switch that you didn't like, Matt, that the rest of us talked about. I I liked the, I guess, commentary in Barbarian about how different it is to be a woman versus a man in terms of like this woman traveling. She shows up at this house. She has to be on edge, on guard. She's wary of Bill Skarsgård. She's, you know, worried about staying with the stranger, locking the doors and everything. She finds this basement. She's completely freaked out. And then you get to Justin Long halfway through. He finds the basement. His reaction isn't, oh shit, this is terrifying. It's to get the tape measure. He's also not in the same situation as her, though. He shows True. up in the daytime. Daylight. He doesn't show up in the middle of the night when it's pouring mm-hmm. rain to find somebody else already there. He shows up in the daytime. And yeah, he doesn't have... But he thinks somebody is there. He's also an... After you've been through a Jeepers Creeper scenario like he yeah. has, you can you can. But also, his face character's an idiot. I don't think Jeepers it has. His, that's true. I <laughs> also his character's an idiot, though. I don't think it has anything to do with. I mean, I guess I can see it your way with like the showing the difference between men and women traveling alone. But I think it's just because his character's dumb. I never took it like that. That's an interesting take, Anthony. Yeah. So <laughs> women be different than men. Is that what you're saying? They're Sinbad Caruso. Yes, women be different. Well, I was anyone on the show a fan of Master of None on Netflix, the Aziz and Sorry yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. He did it that. Was so it was so good. But he did that one episode that started off with a woman walking home alone at night versus a man walking home alone at night, and the man's walking home at night, not caring the world. We're walking on sunshine. Mm-hmm. Is playing underneath it, 
And then it cuts to the woman walking home a lot. And then it's literally the Halloween soundtrack because she's terrified. She's alone in the dark city. I was like, yeah. She's got her keys in between each fingers. It's like a weird. Yeah. We've all done it, ladies. (laughs) You know what I'm talking (laughs) about. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So Barbarian by default. My heart keeps breaking tonight. But like Matt said, that one was my own fault, I guess. Yeah, like Matt said. They both of y'all said. Mm, thank you. <laughs> now, Lindsay just did that one. So, Kendall, introduce the next one. Um, next one we have is Don't Breathe and Lights Out. Unfortunately, I have not seen Lights Out. Um, I also did not love Don't Breathe. Um, but by default, I have to choose that. I have seen neither. So, whatever the group wants to go with, I have seen neither <laughs> one of these movies. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I went with Lights Out. The story was more interesting and intense to me, like way weirder and more interesting than a blind guy impregnating women with a ter- turkey baster. <laughs> <laughs> I also um, think Lights Out, Lindsay, like, because Lights Out was my choice too. It did more with... Um... That was a cheap movie, but what how effective it managed to be on that small budget actually is impressive to me. It's all in the timing. Truly. All in the timing. Having said that, Don't Breathe got a sequel. Like so. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Well, I know it doesn't matter now, but I'm gonna go with Don't Breathe because Well, it it does matter because it's two against two now, and Matt abstained because he hasn't seen either. What do we do? What do we I really like with? okay, so I really like Stephen Lang as the bad as the the misunderstood bad guy. He's still kind of a bad guy. I mean, the whole imprisoning women and turkey basting them. At least he <laughs> at least he's not doing it the old fashioned way. I'll give him that credit for that. Fair. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of what I like about Don't Breathe comes down to the work of uh, Fede Alvarez, the director, who also did the great twenty thirteen Evil Dead movie. Evil Dead, yeah. What the best in the franchise yep and i and i like lights out too i like it a lot i think don't breathe has a lot more a lot more weird terrifying moments to me and when it goes gross you can really feel sam raimi's influence uh particularly with the uh the money shot of the baster uh getting squeezed and all that and Ugh. The resulting oh, I can't believe you just horror. said the money shot of the baster. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I would rather Anthony say Ron Baba wins, again. Wins. <laughs> We've already talked about X, so like, don't breathe let's it is. Go don't ahead breathe it is. Get all of our saw, money shots I, out of the I way. I saw the lights out short on YouTube. Can I count that? Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, the theatrical film is just an extension of the short. I like the short, so I guess I vote for lights out. <laughs> lights out by default. Okay. I had too much heartbreak is, tonight. I'll take it. It's a really good. It is a really good short. I'll say that. It like, is a really good short. short. Yeah. In fact, I can't imagine it being an entire film. Honestly, like. <laughs> <laughs> mm, so maybe it shouldn't have been, but like that, lights is out. That what we're landing on, Anthony? Is this your one win for the night? It's my one win. I'll so take far? it. Okay. Oh, uh, no, I don't think my other one, like you said, I I think that one, <laughs> I'm going to we'll go see. down. We'll see. Ron, introduce the next one. 
Okay, so the next one in our bracket is a fun little contest between a movie that spawned a very successful franchise and a couple seasons of an underrated TV show that I reviewed yes. for Den of Geek, mm-hmm. The Purge versus Escape Room. I am completely and totally in the bag for The Purge. Me um, the, too. The first movie might be the weakest of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still a great home invasion movie, and like mm-hmm. I feel like if you'd put this against the strangers, it would have been a much more contentious Ooh. battle. But I love the purge. Like I, I am on board with that 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 concept just from the very first time you hear that alarm sound mm-hmm. and the lady talking. Like the very first trailer for the purge just won me over completely because I'm completely in the bag for these weird. Um, dystopia type movies yes. so uh, uh, no contest for me it would have to be the purge i'm really glad you mentioned the tv show because that's actually the first entity i ever saw of the purge i think um it was just a random i need something to watch i didn't know there was a show and i watched it i loved it and then i started trying to find all the movies and i watched as many as i i think i've seen them all um the presidential one or whatever i didn't like that one but the very first one the home invasion aspect i mean home invasion is really scary to me anyway and i agree it's the purge i will say i didn't hate the escape room i love the concept of using that again like torture games very saw-esque um but yeah the purge wins for me you hit the nail on the head. The escape room to me, escape room to me, felt too similar to Saw. But it didn't. Yeah, it didn't have enough difference to be its own. But the Purge, far and away from me, I love every installment in that franchise, including the vastly underrated TV show. I loved that TV show, and I think it's one of the rare franchises where each installment gets better. So. I am 100% in the bag for Frank Grillo showing up in any movie to kick some teeth in and fire some guns. And and he's great in two and three, especially. Um, But yeah, I'm 100% in the bag for The Purge. And I recommend if you haven't watched the TV series, they're pretty widely available. So definitely check them out. Because to me, the second season was the most interesting one because you got a good look at the background of this world. And you watched from the end of one purge from one purge night to the next purge night. It was I thought that was a pretty cool gimmick. I didn't see the second season. I don't think I never I don't think it was available when I watched the first one. But I want to check that out. I'm glad you said it's even better. I don't know if I have a lot more to add because I'm also 100 percent in on the purge. And I think. Look, I've already referenced references that other movies have been referenced in, in TV shows and other movies. And I'm going to go again. (laughs) Like, The Purge has been, it has so many cameos and so many, so many shows and memes and like TikToks. It's all over the place. So its concept has permeated so much entertainment rick and morty that's one of my favorite rick and morty episodes (laughs) like (laughs) it's it's so good so i'm i'm 100 percent in on the purge too does anyone else uh remember the louisville purge when that was happening somebody put up posters all over town saying 
I forget what night of the week, it, uh, what night of the month it was, but like night X was going to become Louisville's purge. So oh Rose was to go out and do crimes. And like it, people were really like doing some buck wild things, you know, you know, riding on top of the car uh, uh, while driving down the interstate, firing their guns off in the air, just doing random shenanigans, shoplifting things. I just but picture you of, standing in your house with an axe ready to defend, to defend your family. Big well, mountain it was, man. Uh, it wasn't an axe. It was a shotgun. But yeah, same effect. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's remember where our guns are. We'll keep the doors locked. And, you know, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Good grief. But um, it turns out it was a, a high school kid playing a prank. But it just <laughs> picked up on social media and people basically willed it into existence. And it was a great night of listening to the police scanner because... People were doing some crazy things. God, people are dumb. I mean, Matt, not that uh, your lone voice of dissent could make a difference here, but are you for the Purge or Escape Room? Oh, um, I like that uh, Purge episode of Rick and Morty, so the Purge. Have you never seen the movies? No. Didn't have any, wasn't interested. I love those movies. I get like, that. I'm all in on that franchise. Is it the concept that you're not into? Yeah. Yeah. Just doesn't interest just doesn't interest me. I'm excited for the next matchup. Two James Wan films. Uh Malignant versus Dead Silence. I love both films, but I have to say, beware the stare of Mary Shaw. She had no children, only dolls. And if you see her in your dreams, be sure to never, ever scream. And I, to this day, am disappointed we have never gotten a sequel to Dead Silence, which is criminally underrated. Uh, it's a terrifying, that bit, that puppet, that mannequin puppet, uh, what's it called? The Trocus dummy thing is terrifying. The legend of Mary Shaw is terrifying, and uh, yeah, I'm 100% at silence. It resonated with me more than Malignant, as cool as I found Gabriel. Um, I'm with you, Anthony. Uh, Not in that I love both movies, but that in I pick Dead Silence, because Dead Silence is good, and Malignant was James Wan's first big swing and a miss, as far as I'm concerned. So. Going with dead silence on this one. That police station murder fest in Malignant might be the best thing James Wan has ever directed. I, just I mean, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but <laughs> it might be the single best sequence of in, in any of his movies because it is just incredible, especially knowing that the person had to fight backwards to the the contortionist playing Malignant had to fight backwards and do all the moves backwards. But it's one of those head versus heart things, and my head is going to win out. Dead Silence is probably the better movie. So, Dead Silence. Oh, twist. Oh, wow. What? Wow. I know. I'm not going to swim against the current and rip my rip my hero malignant. We, we, had, we had our very own uh, mid-horror movie twist here, like the Psycho Sour. Oh, my gosh. I, I hate to do it, but I I know Dead Silence is going to win. I, I'm aware of that. I might be the biggest the biggest remaining malignant stand, but 
I'm not. Ventriloquist fight. dolls are freaking creepy, <laughs> and also like, is Donnie Wahlberg just typecast as the same character in every single thing he's ever played? It's <laughs> just who Donnie Wahlberg is at this point. I think I'm not a fan, honestly. <laughs> I yeah, I, I'm with you, Ron. I just think Donnie Wahlberg think, thinks he is that uh, rundown alcoholic detective <laughs> in real life. So, Lindsay, is that a vote for dead silence from you? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, did, I didn't make that clear. It's a full, It's a vote for dead silence for me, too. Because, uh, I mean, I just, I can't. I can't with the dolls. My, that's, I mean, I don't even think uh, um, it's the best ventriloquist doll, evil ventriloquist doll movie. My favorite is probably the one that Anthony Hopkins did. Uh, oh, Magic. Name? Magic. I think Magic I mean, might be better than this. A, there's a ventriloquist Twilight Zone episode that's pretty freaking creepy too. But and the same doll and ventriloquist from that episode were in the classic MST3K episode Devil Doll. I love that show. Okay. You nobody eats ham like you go. I'll say that. <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. I actually have not seen either of these movies. So, Matt, why don't you introduce the next one? Sure. On this one, we have a movie I've never seen and a movie that I think is one of the worst movies I've ever watched. Uh, we have The Babadook, which is terrible, and we have Sinister, which I've never seen. So I don't vote for The Babadook. I vote for Sinister, the movie I've never seen. I agree with Matt. I'm in, in the same boat. I agree. I'll be the I'll be the first odd one now. I love the Babadook. I think that is overrated. Oh God, underrated. Is Anthony is Anthony Absolutely overrated not. or the Babadook overrated? Because the <laughs> answer is yes to both. Um, <laughs> I love the Babadook, and I'll just I don't have anything to say except if it's in a word or instead of look, you can't get rid of the Babadook. And let's face it. Who can forget when Netflix accidentally made the Babadook a gay icon by putting mm. it under their, their LGBTQ section? Oh, and now, I forgot about that. To the point they even released a special Pride edition of the DVD. So I, I have a friend who always refers to the Babadook as the gay icon, the Babadook. That's how she refers to it. And I never knew why and I've never asked. And now I know. So thank you for that. Yeah, That's Netflix fantastic. accidentally categorized it as that type of movie, and immediately he became an internet sensation, yeah. which kind of goes against my argument because it kind of made him less scary, kind of made him a joke, but it wasn't <laughs> scary to begin with. But yeah, some of some of the best horror thriller genre flicks aren't the best because they're actually scary. They're the best because we love them because they're hilarious. You're right. And I, I think you just previewed your argument for going up against me the next what, time. Me? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that next time. But I'm I, Anthony, will side with you on this. I do I'm gonna pick the Baba Duck. Children's stories can be so fucked sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> honestly. And there I have I took like a children's lit class. I have a collection. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I have a collection of really, like, really weird books at, that are children's books. And I totally believe that this was actually a children's book. Fully believable. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, I've never looked, but I'm sure they actually do sell it now. 
At least Etsy or somebody probably made this a children's book. I probably would have loved this book as a kid <laughs> if it was written to me. But I was super weird. So, like, you know, it's not for everybody. And, and in seriousness, it is a really good movie, like, metaphor for, like, depression and mental illness. But Yeah. Ron, tiebreaker here. I have enough depression in my real life. I don't need it in my movies. <laughs> I like that. I got to go with Sinister. Oh, Jay will be happy because I know Jay uh, wanted Jay, Sinister to move on. Yeah, Jay's a big fan of it, and we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, I love the Bagul makeup more so than the Babadook. Uh, I think when Bagul pops up, it's a lot scarier. Um, I'll give you that. I'm yeah, big, I was gonna I'm say, just I'm a big fan that. of like Ethan Hawke in general, especially mm-hmm. in his genre flicks like this. Yeah. Um, I don't hold Hellraiser Inferno against Scott Derrickson because uh, he needed money. That's fine. You got to get your doors open somewhere. And he also did The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is pretty legit. I like that one. I like that movie too. Where's that one? I, I did like too, too, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't seen The Black Phone yet, but I'm sure it's fine. It's uh, great. Ooh, you should watch it. Well, I think they, they, I'm like, oh, I want to see this movie when it shows up on streaming service X. And then I forget which one it's on. Yeah. So I kind of lose track of it because I've got like eight and Google. Right. You should get the app just watched. You can plug in what you want to see and it tells you what streaming sites it's on for free. Or, you know, if you have. Yeah, don't tell me about that app months ago yeah. and it has been like my favorite yeah. thing ever oh, since I learned Especially for it. podcasting and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I always, I've, I've always just Googled it because if you type it in Google, the first thing that pops up on the Google resort, res, uh, results is what streaming services or playing whatever mm. you're looking for so but that app is a good idea too yeah it shows you like you can mm. plug in the apps that you have like if you have netflix prime whatever and when you search it it'll tell you if it's on there immediately and you can also click it and it'll show you um if it's not on any of those if you where you can buy it or rent it or anything like that and how much which is cool too this is not an ad <laughs> so what you're saying, Kendall, is just watch as the new sponsor for Two Girls One Crypt. Yeah, we actually, we actually, in our first episode, uh, would talk a lot about Tubi because Tubi has a lot of really great horror Tubi movies. Is the best. Yes, it's our favorite. Yes, we love it. Place so that has too. Reanimator. It's so. It, Which is it's so Why is Reanimator not on this list? By the way. Um, but yeah, we we had to say a few times that that episode was not sponsored by Tubi because we talked about it a lot. Tubi I think we asked get... Tubi to sponsor us all the time. We've asked <laughs> every episode we've recorded for like the last two months. One of or both, one or all of us have mentioned Tubi. You should really sponsor our show. We literally find found like an entire month of programming on Tubi. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> we talk about how much we love it all the time, and we and do. I would rather a Tubi ad than a Hulu ad, honestly. I'll take two all day long. Dry me nuts. Yeah. I think it's so worth it. And it's it's free. Completely free. Lindsay, why don't you kick us off for the next one? All right. Next up on our, what are we calling this? Northeast side of the bracket mm-hmm. is The Exorcist versus The Amityville Horror. And honestly, like, damn, I love both of these movies so much. I really do. I... I'm going to go with The Exorcist on this one for I 
for a lot of reasons. So I'll try to abridge it to give everybody else a chance to chime in. But it's such a great movie. I love the religious thriller drama, like genre, religious thriller, horror genre in general. Um, there's so many cool things happening in that movie. The actress who played uh, the possessed girl did like a lot of those actual body contortions herself, which is wild. And I lived right outside of D.C. for um, like 14 years. So I have been to the Exorcist steps many, many times. Um, and I watched this movie when I was way too young to watch it with my little brother who was way, way, way too young to <laughs> watch it on like, uh, it was this, I think TNT used to do it. Someone chime in. It was like this like zombie skeleton guy and they hosted a new horror movie like every Friday night. They would play an older movie on one of on like TNT. I can't remember what it was called. Well, it was um, Sven Gulli, was it? It wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't be TNT. TNT was, or yeah, Joe Bob Briggs. Um, right. Yeah. It was some, it was some channel and it was like late night monster piece theater type thing. But we saw The Exorcist and it scared my brother so bad. He was so scared that he was going to get possessed by the devil. And he woke my mom up at like 3 a.m. after we finished watching it when we weren't supposed to. And so it's got a special <laughs> place in my heart. But really, it's just like, man, it's just a crazy movie. All the stuff that all the stuff that happened. So anyway, I will quit waxing here and let someone else go. Exorcist is my pick for this one. So I'll jump we've, in. we've had. Uh, oh. Well, before we go, this bracket is going to be the um, the demon bracket. Because it's all, it's heavily yeah. weighted towards demons and supernatural right. critters and and spook em ups and that kind of thing. So we've got our slasher bracket, which was the, we've had the slasher bracket and the universal monsters bracket. Now we've got the demon bracket. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent naming conventions. Yeah, you're right. So I'm going to hop in and start off by saying... I really wish I liked the Amityville horror more than I did. I have a family connection to that because my grandparents live next door to the real house. They knew the Lutzes and the DeFeos. So I always thought that was cool, my little connection to horror history. And uh, yeah, I find a very good in concept, bad in execution. I think the best Amityville horror movie we got was a 10 minutes at the beginning of The Conjuring 2. And I think <laughs> I think James Wan could do an excellent Amityville movie with Ed and Lorraine Warren, but that ship has sailed, I think. So for me, it's easily The Exorcist for all the reasons Lindsay said. I too saw it way too young and got really terrified by it. But something I noticed as I got older was just how like what a slow burn that movie is. Like everyone remembers, you know, Linda Blair being possessed and masturbating with the cross and vomiting in the priest's face. But it's actually a really slow burn about a crisis of faith with, you know, Father Karras and the mother and Chris McNeil and everything. And I think that elevates it. Plus, it's religious horror. I like religious horror, especially because. I grew up Catholic and religion is scary as it is. But then when you <laughs> dive into the horror elements of it, yeah. So Exorcist, no question. It's iconic. It deserves to move on. 
I've also got to go with the exorcist uh, mostly because like you said, it's iconic. Like can anybody anywhere really name any really good moments out of the Amityville horror? Probably not. Um, but the exorcist has tubular bells, which is, you know, iconic music. It, it's got the Reagan head spin. It's got, you're going to die up there and Reagan pees on the floor. It's got, um, the spider walk, you know, the, the vomiting, the spider walk in, well, in the, in the, uh, unrated version, the spider walk, um, it, it's just an iconic movie. Now, uh, we're getting into portions of this where I like, I don't find either the exorcist or the Amityville horror particularly scary because, you know, Anthony talks about growing up Catholic. I grew up United Methodist and now I am an atheist skeptic. So the scariest portion of the exorcist to me is where they think Reagan might be mentally ill. Uh, the concept of Reagan being mentally ill is extraordinarily terrifying. But once it gets into the actual demon possession, that's not scary. And the Amityville horror we know was uh, a quote unquote true story that they made up whole cloth to sell a book. So <laughs> that's also not at all scary to me. But uh, The Exorcist. I do want to just piggyback off that real quick to a few things. One, I can name one iconic moment from Amityville horror. It's, it's when he's with the demon ghost. <laughs> When the priest is blessing the house. Yeah, but that could be, I mean, literally the shouting of get out could be from anything. But yeah. Secondly, Tubular Bells was originally going to be the Amityville horror. They were going to originally use that for Amityville horror before The Exorcist. And thirdly, to your point about mental illness, I actually think that's one of the good things The Exorcist did first. They did as well. They before jumping right to position, they mm -hmm. rule out mental illness. And the priest, Father Karras, was a psychiatry teacher at Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And when he was first approached about the exorcist, he says, well, you need a time machine because there hasn't been an exorcism since 16, the 1600s. So I don't know what to tell you there. And I actually really liked that, that they ruled all that out. Before that's all really right. good. Yeah. yeah. No, that's all really good. Like I said, the scariest part, some of the scariest parts are when she's in the hospital and they're like trying to perform the tests on her and she's losing her mind. Like, that's like, can you imagine that happening to somebody that you love? So that's why that's so scary. So I don't have much to add, but The Exorcist is my pick too. Amityville Horror was just not that great. Um, I actually watched it for the first time recently for our show and it wasn't very good. So Exorcist is a easy choice for me. Uh, yeah, I got nothing to add except I think Amityville 2, the possession is better than Amityville 1. I actually haven't seen any of the Amityville sequels except for the remake. Well, Amityville 2, the possession has... Um... A lot of weird it, it's closer to the the defeo murder story mm -hmm. weirdly enough mm -hmm. and um but also with some incest so you know oh. i uh, i would just like to point out there was an amityville sequel that came out last year i would like to say amityville christmas vacation yes there was actually <laughs> an entire fangoria category for amityville sequels um in the fangoria awards there's a whole bunch i can't even remember <laughs> what they were but there are some some interesting ones. Mm -hmm. So by unanimous consent, The Exorcist. So Kendall, how about you kick off the next one? 
Great. I have a question. It's not going to affect my outcome, but I do have a question. In this next category, these I'm assuming are both the originals and not the remakes. Correct. Okay. It still doesn't affect my decision, but I wanted to be there. <laughs> good clarification. Good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, so we have the Evil Dead versus Dawn of the Dead. I this is easy one for me just because I have yet to see Dawn of the Dead, but I did enjoy Evil Dead. Um, I watched the was it the remake? I forget what year it was. Was it 2013? Maybe. Yes. Loved that. And then I watched the original one. So Evil Dead is my choice. All right. I'll jump in and say my choice is the exact opposite. It's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, this is one I mentioned earlier that um, one of my things was probably going to get me in trouble with a lot of horror fans. This is it. I fucking hate the Evil Dead. Oh, God, I thought that movie was stupid. I heard for years, oh, this movie's so scary. It's so gory. It's such a great movie. I watched it. I thought I was being pranked. Ron is holding up his Necronomicon. Um I thought I was being pranked. <laughs> this movie looks like it was made for $5. No one in it is good. I can't for the life of me understand the fascination with Bruce Campbell or the character of Ash. I've watched all of those movies, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. I shut Army of Darkness off. I never even finished it. I thought it was horrible. Meanwhile, uh, Dawn of the Dead is an amazing zombie film about a uh, giant metaphor for capitalism ruining america and it is an out and out pop culture classic and so i picked on of the dead <laughs> i'm gonna actually piggyback with you matt i do not like the original evil dead or its sequels yes. the best evil dead content in my mind was the 2013 remake which was horrifying to me i do that love was... the sorry i'll join you there i do love the 2013 horror remake i think that's a great movie <laughs> And Evil Dead Rise, which I liked. The, also how it, a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I In terms of Ash, I again, I understand his importance to horror movie history and culture. I just don't get it. The best Ash stuff for me is actually the TV show, Ash versus the Evil Dead. But even that, it was all right. So Dawn of the Dead. Um, I mean, about Dawn of the Dead, think how many zombie movies came after that. There would be no Walking Dead. There would be nothing we loved. Or these big pop culture things, zombie stuff. You're right. Then. Night of the Living Dead was very, very popular, but Dawn of the Dead really cemented an entire genre of film and television. Like a whole entire branch of horror came from Dawn of the Dead. Plus, what a great tagline. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Yep. I agree. So Dawn of the Dead, easy one for me. And I will just say, even though this is the original we're talking about, I actually think the remake is better. Uh, I hold them on equal, pretty much equal footing for different reasons, but that's a whole other conversation. Why don't you go, Ron? Because now I don't know what my decision's going to be. So I'm interested to hear. Everyone's Sorry. talking me into one way or the other. I know what it was, but now it might be different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I was rummaging around looking for my uh, autographed picture of George Romero to go to balance out the Bruce Campbell autograph. But um, <laughs> this is a very tough choice. The Evil Dead, for all the dismissiveness you guys are heaping on its legacy, not only spawned sequels, it spawned a lot of imitators. 
the whole concept of a bunch of people being trapped in a cabin and hunted by supernatural things it came from evil dead but george romero is probably one of my all-time favorite filmmakers and dawn of the dead is probably the movie where he had a the most money and b the most freedom and c the best collaborators with uh dario argento and uh goblin doing the soundtrack uh i did see claudio simonetti do the soundtrack Suspiria live and they did play the main title sequence from Dawn of the Dead as well and Tom Savini and Tom Savini yeah Uh, you you can't go wrong with that so you're asking me to pick my favorite limb of my body (laughs) and (laughs) for all the evil dead for all the things the evil dead spawned Dawn of the Dead was a cottage injury cottage industry cottage injury as well for evil dead um cottage industry for italy that basically gave them something to do after spaghetti westerns and uh clint eastwood knock off stop making money so uh grudgingly with hate in my heart towards anthony i'm going to go with uh dawn of the dead the other thing is um for all the films he made uh in his his zombie films uh dawn of the dead i think is romero's best like i really love night of the living dead uh and dawn of the dead i'm not a huge fan of i think the quality starting with day of the dead starts to dip like um so i don't know okay well my original pick for this was the evil dead mainly because And I had to make peace with this, but I chose Evil Dead because I love Army of Darkness. Ooh. (laughs) And it was a big part. uh, I mean, it was just one of my roommate's favorite movies in college. And like he had an Army of Darkness poster on his door and we just watched all these movies all the time. So it's got a lot of nostalgia steeped in it. And then... uh, I did really like Dawn of the Dead. I really like the remake as well. And like some of that's kind of fun because you're, I mean, who doesn't want to get trapped in a shopping mall, right? Or who (laughs) didn't at some point? (laughs) But I, I am going to go with Dawn of the Dead for all of the reasons mentioned. Plus I realized my, original pick of the evil dead was really army of darkness and if that had been in here that's probably what i would have picked instead that's fair i think i chose evil dead because of the sequels that i really liked so that yeah so so almost unanimous just kendall dissenting ron why don't you do the well before we head to the next one it was tales from the crypt Lindsay was talking about she remembered uh, I think she threw all of I us did, a TNT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Sorry. It's not TV. It's HBO. Yeah. I was thinking Tales of the Crypt, but I yeah. was like, that wasn't TNT, so I don't want to. Yeah, it wasn't. I watched a lot of TNT as a kid, too, but <laughs> <laughs> also Tales of the Crypt from the crypt. Now we move on to one that me and Lindsay both alluded to earlier. It was going to break out into fisticuffs between the two of us. So, Ron, Ron, why don't you (laughs) introduce this one? So, one of uh, (laughs) a film strip episode that will probably be out by the time this airs uh, is a great one that we did with Anthony. 
where we told him we were going to review a little movie that I love called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. We got through the introduction, and then halfway through, I pulled an Elvis Costello on SNL. I said, ladies and gentlemen, there's no need for us to do this movie tonight. And we switched it to something Anthony's wanted to do on the podcast for years, Terrifier. And it was my Christmas Halloween gift to him. Um, (laughs) But yes, we have the 80s classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space about alien clowns that bring all their fun clown killing equipment into town and and turn people into giant cotton candy pods. And Terrifier about a dirty hobo clown who carries around a gunny sack full of rusty murder implements (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and who also makes doo-doo on the walls of a of an otherwise innocent pizzeria. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a lovely introduction. Thank you. Watching the course of the movie Terrifier, my main thought was, this was good, but it could be better. And I could see ways that the movie could be improved and ways that Anthony says the movie does get improved upon in the future ones. He's it lying. Was, it wasn't enough to... It wasn't enough to, uh, but the things I disliked about Terrifier weren't enough to keep me from eventually watching the second and third one, if only because Anthony would want to come on the podcast and do them. But I have a weird love for killer clowns from outer space. Specifically, one of my favorite things, one of the things that stuck with me since I was a kid was the clown using um, Dean Wormer as a puppet in the sheriff's office. I saw yeah. that on I saw that on Lindsay's TNT, aka HBO. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, when I was like 10 or 11 at like five in the afternoon. It was very unsettling and it stuck with me ever since. And I had to track down what that movie was. And uh I did. I watched it. I rewatched it for uh to play the prank on Anthony. I, I sat down and watched it again for the first time in a few years. And I really loved it. So I'm going to go with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Also, killer theme song. I'll jump in, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'll make my opening statement here. Look, Ron, there is no denying Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a cult classic. I it, Those clowns have brought me a lot of joy over the course of my life. I would okay. It's gonna be uh, you, you guys are gonna call me hypocrites if I'm about to say because I'm about to go on to defend Terrifier. I'm gonna say it's not that good of a movie though, <laughs> <laughs> and I would say it's more funny than scary. All right, Terrifier is scary. Mm-hmm. Art the clown is terrifying that makeup look if you were gonna walk down a dark alley at night and you see art the clown or the killer clowns you're gonna be you're gonna go to the killer clowns because art just looks not only terrifying but it looks like he smells he looks like a dirty hobo like to to (laughs) use use ron's words go i could talk about terrifier for ages go listen to the film strip episode but i'll say this art the clown elevates that elevates in quotes okay i'm not, no one's denying this is not a you know a, a cinematic masterpiece i'm not arguing that but art the clown elevates in quotes that movie to something higher than it would be if he wasn't in it with his yeah. demeanor and his look 
and the way he acts. He he has become a modern icon. I truly believe that. I mean, look at how Terrifier 2 took off in theaters and Terrifier 3 is getting picked up now for a big budget film. Like people recognize him now. And I I got there's something about that clown, man. He is ter- he's scary, but he's fun. And I know Matt's going to tear into me here, but it is the randomness of that first one that I like. He mm-hmm. picks those girls at random because he comes across them on the street. Yeah. And that's scary to me. That's really scary to me. He has no master plan. He's just in it for fun. He gets joy out of being a statist. And to me, yeah, Killer Clowns is good, but Terrifier is scarier. And this is, I, I'm giving it, that based on that they were or determining a horror this is a horror movie bracket and i get more horror from terrifier than i do from these outer space mutants before matt gets into you about this i'm gonna (laughs) side with anthony i i am a sucker for 80s camp um so killer clowns from outer space is Uh, usually what I would go to, but I just really enjoy Terrifier. And I also liked the sequel a lot more, but it is a scary movie. It's terrifying. And it has a, like, you have to like gore and you have to like camp, but you know, it has a lot of, you know, interesting, like shocking moments, like the poop on the walls. And when he comes up wearing the girl's breasts, like, I remember just like, what am I watching? What is this? And it is scary. Like the whole situation. And then even the survivor came out maimed. Like I I would, that's my choice. I think it's, I don't really, I mean, I guess I understand the hate it gets, but also as a horror fan, like I feel like there's just something there that most horror fans would, would like, but that's just my opinion. So I go with fire. Arthur Clown is also a smart slasher because he is disarmed of his weaponry and he pulls a Glock out of his giant clown shoe and shoots the girl in the abdomen. How many slashers do that? Like he had a backup plan. You brought up like my least favorite part about that movie is him (laughs) bringing a gun out in a slasher film. (laughs) Now you're shooting yourself (laughs) in the foot here, Anthony. I mean, I still will say I'm going to hop in and say I enjoyed Terrifier too. I did not. Well, Mm -hmm. Terrifier and Terrifier too, but Terrifier also. And it it was weird and the clown was creepy and the actor who played him was phenomenal. Yes. And the the gore was amazing. There were a lot of really great qualities about that movie. But I'm gonna echo Ron here and say I didn't it it almost felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. And so there were, it was, it was just missing pieces for me. And I can't really I, go back and listen to our podcast on Filmstrip to hear more. But we, <laughs> it, it just had a few pieces missing for me. And Killer Clowns, I just love so much. I love it so much. I love the camp. I love the 80s. I love the bits that the clowns all do. And 
I really like Aliens, and I still really love Cotton Candy, even after that movie. It just has always been fun for me. I've liked it since I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade, and I still do. There's, I'm not going to call it a perfect movie, but I really, really like it. So Killer Clowns, it is for me. So now we're split, and it's on Matt. Well, it's not split. I know where Matt's going. Uh, Both of these movies are bad, but one of them is bad, bad, and one of them is good, bad. And so that's why my pick is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mention the music. Music was so good. Yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is my choice. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So I can't believe that on Anthony's own podcast, his Terrifier lost. Well, I put this bracket together before I knew how much Lindsay liked Killer Clowns. <laughs> and Ron, I honestly thought you could have been a swing. I didn't know what you yeah. thought about Killer Clowns. So. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, maybe next year when we do a sequel bracket, Terrifier 2 will have a better chance against Terrifier it 2 won't. was better than the first I, one. No, I would love to see a sequel bracket, especially <laughs> since you broke your own rules and put a quasi-sequel on this bracket already mm-hmm. with Dawn of the Dead. You didn't oh, put... right. Is it a sequel? I mean, it is, a, but it's not Shared really. universe. Fine. Yeah. Bride of Frankenstein, technically. Yeah. Bride of Frankenstein is a sequel. Yes, that one is 100% a sequel. Mm. Yeah. Well, I do like had... the idea of a sequel bracket. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Stay tuned for next Halloween where I have everyone here back and we do the sequel bracket. <laughs> let's start recording before Halloween. So let's just start recording this Halloween so it'll be done by the time we get yeah. to the next Halloween. Yeah. Uh, well, make that bracket. Our next matchup. And again, these are the original films, the mm-hmm. originals, not the sequels or the remakes or the requels, whatever you want to call them. We have Candyman, don't say his name five times in the mirror. And we have Hellraiser, who, you know, Pinhead has such sights to show you. I'll just say this, I am, you would think Hellraiser is made for me, right? Scary, gory, you know sex deviance but you know i'm a pervert whatever ha 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 well uh perverted heavily catholic but i actually loathe that franchise except for the for this first one well that's because most of the films after the first one are bad the second one is good but uh and some people three is kind of split some people like it some people don't but um after three it unanimously becomes wow these movies are bad that's because they took unrelated movies and threw Pinhead into them. Correct. <laughs> Candyman, on the other hand, I'm, I don't love Candyman, but I like the idea more. I like that it's this urban legend and people like, you know, it starts out as an academic exercise, right? Our heroine goes to investigate this urban legend only to find out he's real. And he's this bloody Mary-esque figure who will appear when you summon him. And I really like that. That's interesting to me. Um, Again, the sequels I did not like, but I thought the requel was actually pretty good. So Candyman. Yeah, Candyman for me. I'm going to jump in. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I am so-so on Hellraiser, but I like Candyman. Okay, it's not one of my favorites. I didn't like the reboot um, or requel or whatever. I, I wasn't a fan. 
but Tony Todd as Candyman is just, he's iconic. And I saw him at Dragon Con one year and that was just kind of, uh, that kind of pushes it over the edge for me. But I, I agree with you. I like the idea of Candyman more than I think the actual film, if that makes sense. But because it is scary, like an urban legend type situation. But uh, yeah, I choose Candyman. I've also met Tony Todd. He's very cool. He's very nice to me. I was, I, it was at the, uh, there was a full moon horror and tattoo convention I went to in Nashville one year. And Tony Todd was one of the horror guests. Mm-hmm. And he was a very nice man, very, extremely tall. He was the only person there who was taller than George Romero. That's the one where I, every time we talk about Kane Hodder on the podcast, I have to tell the story about when Kane Hodder take, took the picture with me. He was like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's do your picture. So he put his gloves on and he grabbed me by the throat and started to choke me. And he, he really had me in an actual vice grip choke until my face turned red. And he's like, OK, now take the picture. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I'm not going to complain. It was very, it was a very fun experience, and <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only person he's choked. But also, um, they had a bar at the convention place, so I, I had a few too many, and bothered Tony Todd while he was trying to pick up food to eat. But he was very nice to me about it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to go with Candyman. Uh, but to actually talk about the movie rather than just Tony Todd. Uh, I like how weirdly dreamlike it feels, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I love that Philip Glass score. It's just like an all-time iconic horror movie main title theme. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. The music's great. Haunting is a good word for that score. Well, I'll go in as a fourth for Candyman. It's it is just creepy. I love the origin story and. I remember, you know, doing the whole saying the Candyman five times as a kid into the mirror. I say as a kid, I was old enough, I guess, but and Bloody Mary and knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, that whole urban legend thing really got me Um, more than like the whole Hellraiser demonic Fifty Shades of Grey thing (laughs) (laughs) had going, you know, interesting, I guess, but Candyman I like just overall a lot more. Matt? Uh, not that it matters at this point, but uh, Hellraiser. I oh. like Hellraiser. I think oh. it's great. And yeah, Hellraiser. All right. Well, Matt, why don't you introduce our next uh, category, which are two uh, found footage big hitters here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, so this is between, uh, paranormal activity and the Blair Witch Project and I want to abstain, but (laughs) I don't like found footage. I don't think it really works that well. Um, but I think paranormal activity is better than the Blair Witch Project. I'll agree with that. I was living alone in England. I was in college and paranormal activity came out. I had my own flat. And I remember uh, seeing this with a friend and I was, you know, watching it. I was like, oh, this isn't that scary until like the last 20 minutes when all yeah. hell breaks loose in that movie. But afterwards, I thought to myself, cool, that's a good movie. I don't get the hype. I don't get why it's so terrifying. Then I walked home 
I walked into my dark flat and I needed to put on the off reruns of The Office or something for like months afterwards because I hated coming. I left my light on when I knew I was coming home after dark. Like that, I don't know. It was the simplicity of that movie and like a home haunting. Like it doesn't go over the top until like the end of that film. And I think that works better for it. It's a subtle thing. It's like, did I leave that door open? Oh, like, was that the breeze? You know, things like that. And that's effective to me. It's a paranormal paranormal activity without a doubt plus it spawned a very successful franchise whenever you think about the quality of a lot of those sequels i'll just say blair witch even though i'm not voting for it you know it has its place obviously in the pantheon without the blair witch there would be no paranormal activity it spawned a genre and the viral marketing for that that was really the first one of the first viral marketing campaigns ever and i still love i'll read about that every time that pops up on a blair witch anniversary when the article pops up it's pretty cool so so but, one of my uh, earliest features for Den of Geek Anthony was about how the Blair Witch Project was being marketed. So, oh, cool! I'll have to search out your article. No, That's excuse cool. me, not the Blair Witch, the Paranormal Activity marketing because they did the same thing. Oh, I didn't realize that. I yeah. mean, I know that I know they did the whole. This is based on a true story. No, but... what they what Paranormal Activity did, and I could be conflating the two. I forget. No, I think it is Blair Witch. I, I don't remember what I write. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of them. Uh, one of them had a thing where you you were supposed to like call a number or go to a website to request having the movie sent to your area. So to so they would have these trailers of the 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 trailer was just these people screaming in a dark movie theater, and then it'd be like the scariest movie you've ever seen. So get it in your area by texting blah 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 or whatever it was. It probably even predates texting. It was probably calling a 900 number <laughs> but but how what it basically was is it took the classic roadshow movie uh which was one of the foundational um things about exploitation and horror and and gore and sex films what they would do is they would just travel from town to town and to prepare the next town they would advertise and then whoever was distributing the movie this was a a, a favorite of uh, a guy named Kroger Bab who had this traveling, like, don't have sex movie that had a real life birth in it called Mom and Dad. Um, so basically, it was, a, so it was like, hey, show up and watch this weird, <laughs> watch this five minute clip of this uh, person giving birth. And, and we've got a, like 45 minutes of movie wrapped around it. But to get heat for his movie, he would write in to the town's newspaper anonymously or as a, under a fake name and say, I can't believe they're going to let them show mom and dad in your movie theater. This is the most perverse, vile piece of garbage I've ever seen. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and people would read that and they'd be like, whoa, shit, I'm going to pay my 50 cents to go see that. And that was literally how like that movie went around the country until the 70s based wow. off of just the strength of that kind of marketing platform. And you see it a lot today, like I still believe, uh, having fallen for it, that a lot of the online hate for the for the Velma show uh, on HBO Max was just to drive up viewer interest in a cartoon nobody cared about. But um, all that to say is there's one of these movies I can watch and one of them I can't because it makes me nauseous. Um, so I am going to just throw my vote in with Paranormal Activity while I'm here. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that's a great 
segue into what I was going to say, Ron, which is pretty much the same thing. I had the privilege (laughs) (laughs) of seeing both of these movies in the theater and most of the subsequent paranormal activities after I went to a few midnight showings for that, which was really fun. But the Blair Witch Project, I remember hearing that it was that it would make people sick. And Mm -hmm. I thought at the time that it was making people sick because it was so scary. And then I found out it was making people motion sick, myself Mm -hmm. included. And I actually had to like leave the theater for a 10 minute break to (laughs) reset my vertigo basically because I just couldn't watch it on a screen that big. Also, didn't love the storyline for the Blair Witch Project and I'm being nice probably nicer than I should saying that. I just didn't do it for me at all. So one more vote for paranormal activity. Yeah. I'm also going to vote for paranormal activity. Blair Witch didn't do it for me either. It is iconic um, because it did spawn that type of film, but um, like that genre. But I, I remember watching paranormal activity as a young adult and just like it actually scaring me. And just the idea, like, even though it may not be scary in itself, just the idea that you could be, there could be something in your house, um, you know, gets implanted in your brain. And um, I I thought they did a pretty good job with that one. And uh, some of the sequels are a little iffy, but um, I think the whole, the whole franchise is, is not terrible. Can I, can I real quick, I, I just, this has nothing to do with horror movies, but I have to take this opportunity because not a lot of people have heard about this movie and we're talking about found footage movies. I have to plug my favorite found footage film, even though I said, I don't really like found footage movies. This is actually one of my favorite movies in the world. This is a movie. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to Google. It's called look. So when you Google it, Google Adam Rifkin's look, it is from the year 2007 It is a great film told, uh, shot entirely from the perspective of security cameras to highlight uh, just how often you are on film in the United States. And there Mm. are more security cameras now Mm. than there were in 2007. So it really makes you think about how often you actually are on camera. And even though it is not a horror film, it has one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, I've talked a lot about how realism real things frighten me there is a scene in this movie where something terrible happens there are only three actors in the scene and everybody else is a real person and when you see what scene it is and you go oh i know which three people are the actors and everybody else is not aware that these are actors and like that it's adam rifkin's look everybody go see look i judge everybody based on what they end up thinking of look (laughs) oh that movie that movie slaps dude that movie is Oh, Ron, I'm so glad you know it. Yeah. Most of the time I bring it up and people don't, you know what scene I'm talking about, right? Takes place in a food court. I I do. I do. Yeah. That's. There are three actors in that scene and everybody else is not an actor. And when you think about the ramifications of that, you're like, oh, Lord. That one is, that is, yeah, that's wild. (laughs) That one is a lot. I will add that to my list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Up next, we have The Conjuring versus Insidious. 
I liked I like both of these movies. I there aren't many movies on this bracket that I don't like. Um, for me, Insidious was good, but less memorable than The Conjuring. And honestly, I think it's because the based on a true story hook gets me every time. Mm-hmm. I just I thought The Conjuring was just super creepy and haunting and I love the story and I love the costuming in it and I just really do like the based on a true story um yeah that's it I'll leave it at that the conjuring is my vote for me it's the conjuring I well I like you Lindsay I like both the insidious like I love the red face demon I love mm-hmm. the bride in black I think you know I, I think they look just as iconic as the nun or Annabelle or whatever. But what really puts the conjuring over the edge for me is um, Vera Fermia and Patrick Wilson and their chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. Kudos to them for making a real life, really shitty couple actually lovey dovey and just, you want to <laughs> be them in the conjuring. The true story hook gets me as well. And uh, every single film in that franchise is varying qualities of good to excellent. I don't hate, any film in that franchise and it's amazing how this first film spawned wb's biggest franchise since harry potter i mean sorry dc but this is their highest grossing franchise since like harry potter um or they're real successful and critically acclaimed or whatever and uh well worth it you know i love i love it i love you know uh, james wan created two hits here but it's The Conjuring. And uh, shout out, the first time I ever talked to Lindsay was talking about The Conjuring. So special place in my heart, Lindsay. <laughs> was that on our uh, Conjuring Aww. 3 uh, episode? It was a Patreon one, yeah. Ah, nice. You were on that too, Ron. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Uh, so we've, me and Anthony have talked at length about the affection that we have for the fake Warrens in <laughs> of the Conjuring series. And as much as I do love uh, Lin Shay and I love the insidious universe and as as much as i didn't love love the third conjuring movie i'm gonna go with uh the conjuring because we're not judging the third one we're judging the first one and it it is probably one of my i love patrick wilson and i love vera farmiga both as actors and i've seen him in a lot of great stuff like vera farmiga is the main reason to watch bates motel um Mm. Patrick Wilson is the main reason to watch a lot of things he's in. Mm-hmm. And a uh, special shout out to Hard Candy being one of the most terrifying non-horror movies I've ever watched. Oh, so good. But yeah, I'm going to go with The Conjuring as well. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. They're both very creepy movies. They actually have things in there that scare me. Conjuring is a really good movie for many of the reasons that you all already said. I'm going to choose The Conjuring as well. Yeah, this one's really friggin' hard. I really love The Conjuring. I know I mentioned earlier the based on a true story thing does nothing for me. Uh, based on true lies, uh, as Anthony mentioned, boy, <laughs> do they do a lot of work to turn the real life con artists, the uh, Warrens, into uh, religious superheroes in The Conjuring. Uh, But despite that, it's really goddamn good. And there's really nothing quite like hide and clap 
in Insidious. So I got to go with The Conjuring. It's, it's, boy, those are both really good movies, though. I hate knocking Insidious out. <laughs> yeah. I'll also just add to Ed and Lorraine Warren, couple goals, the fake ones, couple goals. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wonder when they're going to introduce Ed's like live-in girlfriend to this film series that he had <laughs> in real life. Did it, didn't you read the Hollywood Reporter article about the contracts? They actually have the contract when they sold the rights that can never be in a film. I figured that is really? much. Yeah, the the Ed and Lorraine Warren as depicted in the films are so prettied up for movies compared to who they were in real life. They're just so, I mean, physically and character wise, like who they are. <laughs> like the real Ed and Lorraine Warren were nowhere near as beautiful as they're, they were Wilson and Vera Farmiga. They were openly grifting. It's amazing. Oh, they were. They were incredible grifters. Ed had, like I said, Ed had a live-in girlfriend who I believe was much younger. Having <laughs> said that, oh. if you go visit their grave where they're buried in Connecticut, they do get. I guess the movies really did a uh, a lot for their image. Oh, they, they did get exactly a lot of visitors. What, they did exactly what was hoped when they sold those rights. They did exactly <laughs> what was hoped was that wow. people would forget that they were terrible people. Yeah, <laughs> but but. Keep an eye out next time you watch the films. Ed and Lorraine always matching. His ties always match her skirts, which is a cute little, the patterns. So. I like that. So the conjuring moves on unanimously. Mm-hmm. Kendall, why don't you kick off the battle of the spooky dolls? This one is hard. We have Child's Play versus Annabelle. This one's hard for me. I have a a soft spot for Chucky um, for this movie. Now, this isn't my favorite of the franchise. So some of these are really hard, especially this side of the bracket, because I like a lot of the sequels and the remakes better than the ones that are actually on this bracket. So I have to really focus on what is on here. But Annabelle was quite scary for me. I watched it for the first time the last two years or so, maybe. And like the beginning of that with like the cult the cult, the cult that comes in very like Manson-esque. I thought that was really freaky. I, ah, this one's hard. I'm going to go with, uh, I think I'm going to go with Annabelle on this one because it, it actually scared me. I'll second you, Annabelle. Like I said earlier, uh, just a few minutes ago, there is not one bad entry, in my opinion, in the Conjuring franchise um and that's annabelle included and i know a lot of people like the second one best in that annabelle trilogy but i do not i think that's actually the worst of the three and i think this first one is underrated so yeah annabelle fun fact i just watched child's play for the first time today i had never seen it really thoughts it's not good (laughs) y'all Brad Dorif as Chucky has a lot of merit. I feel like probably if I watch more of these movies, he will be showcased more. He was not showcased very much in this first movie, which Mm -hmm. I think held it back. Uh, And the film around him is not all that good. So, Annabelle. Shout out to the real life Annabelle doll, which is just a raggedy Ann. Correct. (laughs) Which is really funny. Yeah, that is funny. Oh, I have a Raggedy Ann in my closet right now. <laughs> oh. She's a big Raggedy Ann. She's not like the regular, like small hug. She's like 
very large raggedy mm. hair. Yeah, I don't think mine's that big. Mine's like mine's like probably two and a half, two and a half feet. Oh, that might oh, be. I, that I, might be it. Yeah, that might be it. Lock your closet tonight. My raggedy and my my raggedy Ann and Andy were like only like seven eight inches, like nah, maybe twelve inches tall. But this is like a two foot raggedy Ann. I, had a big I have one the like Andy that. too. They were my grandmother's, and now I have that. <laughs> Which I don't know if that makes it less creepy. I don't. I think it probably they're. They're in the closet right behind me right now. So maybe they're listening. So the the creepiness factor, Lizzie, depends on if your grandmother did a voodoo ritual to insert her soul into the raggedy end. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like something she would do. So probably she. I'm probably good. I'm probably good. That's good. Yeah. But speaking of dolls, so I have the Raggedy Ann. That's cool. Annabelle versus Child. This was a tough one for me, too, because yeah. I really liked Child's Play as a kid. And my cousin, do you guys remember the doll, um, My Buddy? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So My Buddy looked a lot like Chucky. Mm -hmm. And my cousin had a My Buddy. And I remember playing at their house one time, and she had a really messy room. And I was asking her where something was. She was like, oh, it's under the bed. And I went under the bed and the My Buddy doll was under there looking like every bit of Chucky. And I lost my mind. So it really scared me as a kid. Uh, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me. I think the movement of Chucky is super creepy. But I, I'm going to have to go with Annabelle too. I was a little torn on this one. But overall, Annabelle was better. You mentioned the movement of Chucky. One of the things that amused me most while I was watching the movie for the first time today is when you can tell it switches between being an animatronic, a puppet, and a little person in the costume. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. I, I didn't say it during when I was going, but I do like Child's Play too. I actually think that's one franchise where it gets better as it goes along because they showcase Chucky more. And if you haven't watched the TV show, the TV show is actually really good. The TV show is really good. It's a better binge, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I haven't because I had never seen the first, even the first movie until today. So, so one thing I liked about the TV show is that it is canon and it brings back a lot of previous actors who were in the franchise and many of the different weird even the weird variations of the Chucky movies and I thought that was kind of cool I thought it was cool how they tied it together now it is bizarre it's very bizarre but I liked it as much as small things coming to life terrify me and as much as Chucky moves a lot more than Annabelle uh, which shout out to the poor little person who's wearing that orange fright wig through that whole movie I'm going to not fight against the current. I'm going to go with Annabelle as well. I think it's definitely a very good movie. I It's not a full-throated endorsement over Chucky but um, or over Child's Play. But yeah, I'll uh, no point in fighting it. So Annabelle, by unanimous consent. Again, this bracket, aside from a few, has been very friendly. Speaking of terrifying little people, we've got a great battle between Heather O'Rourke, rest in peace, as the most terrifying, one of the more terrifying childs in movie history, more terrifying children in movie history. I can write good and talk even gooder. And the hip hopinist little creep 
that ever put the moves on Jennifer Aniston work Davis in Leprechaun. Oh, I thought so. you were talking about David Schwimmer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had that one teed right up, didn't you? <laughs> you were ready oh, it's, it's a great joke, Anthony. Uh, anyway, um, tough choice. Poltergeist is one of the movies that ruined my wife as a child because she accidentally saw it as the third feature in the drive-in when she was supposed to be asleep and she was not. And I have a lot of love for Leprechaun, not the first one. Uh, my favorite Leprechaun is when Leprechaun goes to the hood and then when Leprechaun goes back to the hood because we get <laughs> Warwick Davis standing on a table or standing on the counter at a diner rapping and dancing with a bunch <laughs> of uh, big booty fly honeys behind him. Um <laughs> And also, iced tea is in one of those. And it's hard to turn to the power of ice. But uh, I'm going to go with the one that has the more pop, wider pop culture uh, zeitgeist effect, and that is Poltergeist. Yeah. This is an interesting pairing because they're not super similar in vibes, I guess. But Poltergeist, I remember watching the same night I watched Paranormal Activity. Um, for the first time, my friends and I had like a, we used to call it fright night and we would pile up in their living room and like stay up all night and watch movies and um, turn out all the lights. And yeah, that night we did not sleep, but I watched this. I don't know if it was my first time, but Poltergeist is just, it's, it's just a, it's a classic. And the history of that movie is really interesting. Like all of the, the curse of the movie and everything like that, but it's an actually scary movie. And I think it's a good movie for older kids. I know uh, my last nanny family, I think she was 10. She really wanted to watch a movie, a scary movie. And I was like, Poltergeist is the perfect. Cause it's, you know, aside from some language there, you know, there wasn't anything inappropriate. It was probably pretty terrifying for her um but yeah i i have a soft spot for this movie so i'm gonna pick poltergeist just gonna piggyback off something kendall said to start where she mentioned that uh she thinks it's a good movie for older children and as somebody that did not see this movie until they were a full-grown adult i have to agree <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I didn't get it. Like, I understand it's a well-made movie and everything. Mm -hmm. I just, it's one of those movies kind of like Goonies that like a lot of people saw when they were children and love them, but I didn't see until I was an adult and mm. went, I don't get it. Like, I don't like Goonies and I didn't love Poltergeist. That being said, Leprechaun is straight garbage. Like, that is one of those movies <laughs> I went... Who in the wide blue fuck greenlit this movie and let it get completed and get released? This it's terrible. So Poltergeist is my vote. I'm going to go with Poltergeist, too. I really like your observation, Kendall, that it's a good horror movie for older kids. I think it's like great gateway horror. It's perfect gateway horror. Yeah, it has a uh, Spielberg s quality. This Spielberg didn't direct it. Well, it's Toby Hooper, unless you believe all the internet rumors that it was actually Steven Spielberg and just mm -hmm. put Toby. Steven Spielberg was a writer. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Then that's Steven why Spielberg, Spielberg was does. one of the producers and thus had a big influence on the movie. But it was 100% directed by Toby Hooper. Everyone who was actually on the set says that. I hate that rumor. 
passionately because yes, it's taking I, I'm, it's I know doing it, real damage yeah. to the reputation of a dude who's made some damn good movies. Yep. Yep. To to benefit someone who doesn't need the help because he's Steven friggin' Spielberg. <laughs> well, it's a compliment to Toby Hooper that feels so Spielberg-esque because Sp- Steven Spielberg is one of the greats. And I love a good horror movie where it's like your kind of suburban life, your perfect little home life gets invaded by the other, which is exactly what this is. This movie's iconic. Yeah. And uh, even people who don't know this movie, I think a lot of people still know the they're here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people still know that even if they haven't this... seen the movie. Go towards the light, child. <laughs> I'll make it unanimous. Poltergeist. <laughs> I don't have a ton to add, except I close all of my cabinet doors all the time. And I don't think a movie has ever, right? That was Poltergeist, the scene where she turns around and all the cabinets in the kitchen are open. Mm-hmm. Scarred me still. In I don't know why. Chairs, yeah. Didn't they do yeah, that in Paranormal Activity chairs. too? They yep. did. Or the it's, second one. They did it in the second one, I think. The second one, I think. And yeah, think all the cabinets in the used... kitchen burst open. Yeah. yeah, I also think they were used part of that gimmick for like one of the later ones. But I, yeah, Poltergeist is even if you don't necessarily like the movie or think it's good, it's a well-made movie. Yes, and you right. can't really say that for Leprechaun. Leprechaun's and... a guilty pleasure watch for me, and yeah. I did. I will mm-hmm. say, check out our Patreon episode from a few years ago, which me, Ron, and Tom discussed the discussed Leprechaun, the original. And Anthony was very racist towards myself and Tom. And was I? Tune in to find out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So before we head on to the uh, Southeast category here, Ron, what are we naming it? It is the Not What It Seems bracket. Oh. All these these movies feature heavily towards things that are not quite what they seem. Oh, I like that. I like it. I like that too. This is why they pay me the small bucks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> wait you're getting paid no not for this just in general <laughs> so kicking it off are two two jordan peele films get out and us both excellently craft excellently crafted films but i'm going to have to go get out number one us got a little too confusing for me toward the end that it didn't have the same appeal as confusing to me toward the end but get out it's such an interesting and it's so scary because of the racial tensions in this country and just racism is so pervasive and to, to get a black filmmaker making this horror movie that's really about racism and mm-hmm. this uh, black man being completely uh, brainwashed and tortured by this white family. I mean, it, it, it's terrifying. It's well made. It's well acted. And it cemented Jordan Peele as a horror director. And the guy, in my opinion, doesn't miss. I love all his stuff. So and this is really the beginning of it in terms of film. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Key and Peele, the TV show, because I love that show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, get out for me easily. I agree with you. Um, I love Jordan Peele. I will watch anything he does, any movie that he does. I will I will see it. Um, I liked his, oh, the show he did. I can't think of. Um, Key and Peele? No, I'll, it'll come to me in a minute, but I, um, sorry, I ramble, but Get Out is my favorite of the movies he's done that I love that one. Um, it was definitely not what it seemed. And I really like that aspect of it. Um, uh, Twilight Zone. That's the show I was talking about his Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, Get Out is my, my favorite 
of of his movie so that's my choice i uh, like both these movies a lot however my heart lies with us i think Ooh. us is super strong uh anthony it is uh to your point it's a little teeny bit confusing but mm-hmm. I think it's more open for interpretation than Get Out. Get Out is really strong, but it's also really on the nose. Us is a little bit more in- open to interpretation, and I like that. Plus, there is some genuinely freaky stuff, uh, especially in the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, Us, where they're just realizing it's their doppelgangers and they're being you know, invaded by the doppelgangers and everything. Um yeah, my pick is us. Um, real quick, I I wanted to jump um on what you said, or it's something you said reminded me. Both of those films are really fun to watch after you've seen it the first time because you pick up on all the little clues he leaves, mm-hmm. especially get out. And I just love that about his movies. And both of those movies do it really well, especially in us when you pick up some of the mannerisms of the doppelgangers before you realize they're doppelgangers or she's a doppelganger. So yeah, I really like that about both of those. So fun fact, I've not seen us. You should. Uh, it's good. Uh, that's should. what everyone says. And it's not like, it's not because I didn't like get out that I haven't seen us. It's just simply a question of availability and time and yeah. And being in the right headspace for that kind of thing. Fair. That is fair. I am going to, pick get out too i'm going to kind of echo anthony us got a little weird and confusing for me at one point though kendall i do agree with you i think probably it just deserves another watch for me Mm -hmm. to to get back into it but i am gonna pick get out the first time i saw it i was on a plane which is cool because rod works for the ts motherfucking a so (laughs) But yeah, I really liked it. It was the first thing I'd ever seen quite like that. Um, And that's my pick. Mm -hmm. So Get Out moves on. Not just recommend if you guys are Jordan Peele fans and uh, fans of Key as well, Key and Michael Key. Check out their underrated comedy, Keanu, where uh, he adopts a cat and they get into the thug life. Uh, The cat gets gets kidnapped by like a drug lord and it's hilarious. It's ridiculous, but it's hilarious. The only thing I can think of Keegan-Michael Key from is Hell Baby and he's unbearable in that. But then again, it's not a good movie, so maybe it's not his fault. (laughs) <laughs> no, that is not his fault. That's the that's the vibe that Hell Baby is going for. Unbearability. <laughs> Matt, why don't you introduce the next one? Because I haven't seen either of them, but I'll tell you what Oof. the category. I'll tell you what they are. Uh, the Vivitch. Oh, I'm sorry, the Witch, and Hereditary. And again, I haven't seen either one of these. Uh, they didn't look like they were for me at all. So it's fair. I'm going to just jump in real quick. I haven't seen The Witch. It's on my list. I want to see it. I loved Hereditary. I didn't expect it to be what it was um, just because I I went in kind of blind. I lo- absolutely love Toni Collette. So I'm biased on anything she's in, but I thought this was a good movie. So that's my pick just because I haven't seen The Witch, but I do love that movie. 
Fun fact about the Vavitch, for those of you who don't know, they spelled it that way because in 1600s, that is how you spelled witch because W was not a letter widely used in the alphabet yet. Oh, I did not know that. (laughs) That's cool. Also, I love that movie. A big fan of the historical witch hunt type of, you know, I don't know. It's just because it was really real like people really were hunted down for allegedly being a witch and the whole kind of going crazy in your own homestead because things are going wrong and you could die because you can't grow food and you know America's not like a country yet but you're living here and the whole thing is just cool and weird and creepy in a time that was already weird and scary and creepy and so I feel like it was just all compounded together hereditary was good too and I do love Tony Collette she's <laughs> one of the only reasons why I considered choosing that instead but definitely yeah. gonna go with the witch for this one so I love both of these movies and I love a24 as a studio it's yes probably my favorite studio going right now they take chances they take risks and I appreciate that as much as I loved Hereditary, though, and Julia, I know if you're listening, you're going to be shocked because I know you love that movie and we talked about Atlant. I am going to go with The Vavitch for similar reasons to what Lindsay said, but I also want to point out two things. One, this is Anya Taylor-Joy's film debut. This was her big break, and she's amazing. So I'm glad she got this. She carried this movie. Um, she was phenomenal in this movie. But not only that, I think Robert Eggers is a great director. He's really making a name with for himself with these kind of like... Um, uh, dirty looking, older, you know, stylized films. It's like and, weird mythology. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I mentioned it earlier in this show, but I'm really excited for his Nosferatu remake, um, to see what he does with it. But yeah, the Vavitch, I love things about witches. I don't think there is a, you know, for such a big pop culture, uh, being mythological being that's big around Halloween, especially there is not a lot of movies or TV shows or specials about witches. So anytime we get one, there were there were three amazing witches that you love very very much. That uh, I'm surprised you said there's not enough witch content when we're talking about Hocus Pocus. We don't need well, to bring Harry world. Potter up in here again. <laughs> and Harry uh, ho- Potter. Ho- and- Hocus Pocus <laughs> is. Okay, I have, don't even get me started on that. I have a theory why they're so popular, and it has to do with the lack of witch content. And there was an entire TV The lack of witch content? Charmed and Sabrina. I was to say, Charmed, no, Sabrina, like in the terms craft. Of, in terms of movies, Ooh, Charmed and Sabrina aren't, like, specifically, like, shown around Halloween. Like, there are so many vampire, vampire horror movies. There's and not margaritas. werewolf yes horror movies compared to witches witches are very underrepresented well and they aren't scary so i will disagree with that but bewitched i don't know about that i'm in my i've told you i'm like obsessed with witches right now and like watching all but when you look at witch horror movies or halloween movies horror movies yeah there's witch content out there but when you look at horror movies compared to werewolves and vampires and zombies they're so underrepresented we actually have that as one of our subgenres in our podcast um it's on our wheel uh for those who don't know our 
podcast, Two Girls, One Crypt, we have a wheel that we spin at the end of each episode, and it tells us what subgenre of horror that we're going to cover for the next one. And that's one of the many that are on there. What's what's said, Kendall, is that Jay and I were going to do a um, we've talked about doing a um, asylum side podcast mm-hmm. movies from the asylum and we were going to do a random number generator to tell us which one of the the asylum has a big list on their website of all like 160 something movies they've done and we were going to use a random number generator to tell us which one to watch next and talk about yeah that's what we so, have a wheel it's, we we have like 50 categories but do you do the uh the chant from animaniacs no wheel of morality turn 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 tell us the <laughs> lesson that we should learn <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that show in so do, long. Do you do the impractical jokers wheel of doom? <laughs> <laughs> no, me and Misty just sit there and we're super anxious because we don't know what, the, what it's gonna choose. We're not fun, we're just anxious. You should name your the wheel that you spin Cranjus McBasketball for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I would like to live deliciously. I would still like some butter. And I would like to see the the Vich progress. Um, not that it matters. I haven't actually seen uh, Hereditary, but I probably should. Interesting. I know everyone says I should see it. Holly's it been trying great. to get me to see it for literally years. Um, when they did the uh, scariest movie moments thing on Shudder, she made me like close my eyes and cover my ears when they got to the Hereditary one, so I wouldn't get any spoilers. But you know. <laughs> that's funny. All right, Lindsay, do you want to hit the next one? Next up is Trick or Treat versus Krampus. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, they're both good. I, I don't, they're not my first choice of movies, either of them. So I don't know if I'm the best person to kick this one off, but I'll try to be fair here. Trick or treat. I like the multi-frame storytelling. I always think that's kind of fun. Krampus is, it's a dark Christmas horror movie. So what's not to like about that? And I like, I like a kind of nice ending, I guess. And yeah. Was it a I, nice ending? I, I mean, <laughs> it, there's a, it was a question mark ending, you know, yeah. on the Krampus. You don't it know. It kind of left your interpretation in open. Yeah, which exactly. I like, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of fun. I think I'm gonna go with the Krampus on this one. I like the I like the old um the what do you call it? Like the the old Krampus folklore? tales. Yeah, the folklore yeah. around Krampus, and I you know that's. That was fun for me. So yeah, let's. I'm, I'm going to go with Krampus for this one. So I'll piggyback off of you. I love the folklore surrounding Krampus. I think Krampus is an excellent movie. I think it is, uh, I mean, the same director did both of these movies. I think it's a better directed movie. It's a better written movie. Um, and I love that. It's a dark Christmas fairy tale. Uh, like it is. That's what it is. It's a dark fairy tale. It has, it has all the beats of a fairy tale, including the lesson at the end. And I loved it. This is part of my Christmas watch every year. It's part of my Christmas canon. It's fantastic. It's phenomenal. Tony Collette, Adam Scott. Yeah. But Trick or Treat in terms of a horror movie is a better horror movie. Again, I think Kramer's is a better movie overall, but I think Trick or Treat deserves to advance. And I'll say this. Uh, there is are very few things that look as Halloween-y as that film. In terms of movies that 
you know, if I was going to have a list of movies I watch on Halloween day itself, it would be the original Halloween. It would be Hocus Pocus, The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and probably Trick or Treat. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's in that Halloween day you have to watch. And uh, Sam himself has become a little icon for the holiday. And, you know, he is adorable. It only takes off of that mask. Um, but yeah, Trick or Treat. I think it kills me to knock Krampus out because I love that movie, but yeah. Trick or treat, trick or treat, trick or treat for <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, I gotta go with trick or treat too. It is a delight of a film. It is just absolute Halloween joy and magic it wrapped up in you know uh a horror movie that that has um you know murder and stuff in it but um uh i really love it it is uh just an absolute must every october mm-hmm. uh hopefully on october 31st so trick-or-treat well, I'm a huge fan. I'm wearing my trick-or-treat shirt and yes. I have my mug. Nice. Um, so trick-or-treat is my obvious choice. I absolutely love that movie. It's probably, not probably, it's one of my top three favorite horror movies. I love the, just the storytelling aspect, the anthology of it. I love that the stories intertwine. I love Sam. I love Sam's rules. I love, you know, that it brings even more magic to Halloween. Like, don't turn out the pumpkin, the candle in your pumpkin uh, before midnight. You know, always check your candy. Be kind to the innocent, that kind of stuff. Um, I watch it multiple times a year, but I always watch it during Halloween. Like Matt said, it's joyful. It's magical. It just makes me so happy. Trick or treat will always be my first choice. And I was really scared about trick or treat versus Krampus because those are both really good movies. I do love Krampus, but not much is going to beat out trick or treat for me. It's pretty impossible to beat Charlie Brown's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Mom, daddy, I want to carve the pumpkin. Don't forget to help me with the eyes. (laughs) Daddy, I wish mommy was still alive. (laughs) Oh, good. Trick or treat. Uh, I've got nothing to add. That movie rules. Yeah. Both the movies rule, but uh, trick or treat is probably more my vibe. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, almost by unanimous consent, Trick or Treat moves on. So, Kendall, on to the Stephen King matchup. Why don't you Mm -hmm. walk us through this one? This is interesting of the Stephen King ones that you put on here. Uh, We have It Chapters 1 and 2. Spoiler alert, it's because it's my two favorite Stephen King books. Oh, okay. (laughs) Salem's Lot. I'm going to confirm that It Chapters 1 and 2, that is the recent... Mm-hmm. The, the recent ones it's not the miniseries yes okay. correct. i was about Just, to say you pit two movies against a miniseries which is interesting but i'm gonna go with it i have a long history with that the miniseries mostly but the whole everything about it i enjoy i you know pennywise scared the shit out of me as a kid i watched it way too young yeah i i love i loved the uh 
the re or the remake or whatever um, that they did a few years ago. I thought they did a great job. So yeah, Bill Skarsgård was incredible as Pennywise. It it, it all the way. Hiya, Georgie. Um, <laughs> I gotta go with it. It is my uh, you past my backdrop that I've got here on the other side of the room. I've got an entire it shelf. It is my favorite novel of all time. I read it probably once a year, even though it's gigantic. I don't think either the movies or the miniseries accurately captured the true horror of that novel, but uh, there's it, chapters one and two are still a really good movie, but uh, the, the true horror of it is... Uh, actually a lot of different horrors it has nothing to do with scary clown boo it, it it is about the horror of aging it is about the horror of there's like a whole spousal abuse subplot that is ignored in the miniseries and the films uh beverly's husband literally stalks her all the way to dairy um it is about infidelity and racism and just all kinds of stuff. It is a fantastic book. And I think uh, it chapters one and two are probably uh, as close as you're going to get without creating a huge uh, limited series that is even longer than the miniseries from the 90s. Uh, I like Salem's Lot. It's fine for uh, an adaptation but i don't think it's like i i'm still waiting for a truly amazing salem's lot adaptation uh there was supposed to be a new film uh kind of disappeared but um that's all a long way of saying that i pick it make it three for the <clears throat> three i'm going to go it um like you matt it's not my favorite book but it is one of my favorite books i've read it multiple times and I really loved Andy Muschietti's two-part adaptation. Uh, Bill Skarsgård is terrifying in it. The young cast and the older cast are phenomenal. I like that the first one almost gives off this Stranger Things Goonies vibe type thing. And it could be, I mean, as horrifying it is, it could be kind of the first one could be a gateway horror for older kids or more mature kids because it has that vibe to it i wouldn't mind showing younger kids that but that's me i saw a lot of horrifying stuff as a kid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah i like you matt i don't think there's been the true uh perfect adaptation of that book yet i don't know if one is possible no. No. but i would like to see um andy muschietti has talked about doing like a cut like a six hour cut where he edits the two together like uh cuts them up and puts them together like the book and the miniseries where yeah that they would switch be... back and forth i'd like yeah. to see that cut yeah it's chapter one and two easily for me there has not been a good salem's lot adaptation um in my mind the child at the window scene in the movie scares the hell out of me but not much in this else in that film does um i was really looking forward to the remake I'm sad it's been undated now for two years, even though it's supposedly done. Um, hopefully one day we'll get to see it. They, got the, the, they put the book out. They put the book out with the film cover on it. And the film yeah. still isn't out for crying out loud. Wow. I'm all in for it as well. Even the, either it, I know we're doing the two-parter movie, but if we were doing the mini series instead, that'd still be my pick. Yeah. Um, 
right? Tim Curry is a clown. Great. Bill Skarsgård is a clown. Amazing. It's just, he could put Skarsgård in anything, really. I'd probably pick it. But it was such an entertaining, well-done, two-part movie. Um, I had read the book once before, many years prior, and it it spurred me to to read it again after I saw the first in the two um, at the theater, which was definitely the way to see it. Yeah. It, I, all the actors in it were so great. The kids in it were so great. It, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about how much I really, really enjoyed the, both, both it. So that's my pick. I haven't seen the Andy Muschietti version of it. Um, but like Lindsay what? said, I, well, you've got time for that kind of thing. <laughs> But yeah, I'm going to, I can't argue with anything anybody said um, about the mini series, which is one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. Uh, second only to the stand, but um, yeah, let's do it. Uh, Let's get the clown all the way. (laughs) Well, Ron, why don't you introduce the next one? I think the next one is a fun matchup. Yeah. Yes. So in our next matchup, we've got Jaws in space versus actual Jaws. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Jaws in Space is, of course, um, a diminutive version, uh, uh, a reduction, a reductive take on the great movie Alien. And Jaws is Jaws. It was one of it's it invented the summer blockbuster. This is a real uh, Sophie's choice. Thankfully, the movie that loses won't be wiped out of existence. I really like Jaws. Jaws is a very fun summer movie very sweaty spielberg had no idea what he was doing when he decided to try to shoot steady cam on a boat and not make everyone in the theater throw up but man there's just something about alien and there's just something about that monster and there's just something about a sweaty gross space movie like that feels really hard sci-fi to me uh, and, it, and it feels like a very weird lived in universe with some great performances like literally just top to bottom in that flick any movie with harry dean stanton is going to get extra points with me so i'm going to go with alien they mostly I... come out at night mostly <laughs> yeah. that's alien too that's aliens aliens alien. i have never ever thought of jaws as a horror movie I understand why some people categorize it that way. I can see the justification. I still don't think of it as a horror movie. However, Alien is just a haunted house movie. That's all Alien is. Uh, it's a creature feature wrapped in it. It is a haunted house movie wrapped in a creature feature. It is uh really tense it's got some pretty gross stuff in it and like jaws is an amazing amazing movie that i love uh, but i it, in terms of picking horror movie i have to pick alien i'm going alien all the way i've seen alien and aliens so many times <laughs> i the first time i ever saw alien i think i was like seven it was like right when it came out and i'm pretty sure that's uh how i thought babies were made for a really long time (laughs) that's great i mean you're not wrong they're just not human babies (laughs) right (laughs) 
I I love the movie Alien. Sigourney Weaver's fantastic. It's so scary. I'm in for Alien. This is a tough mashup for sure. Um, but I'm gonna go Jaws. That's my choice. I will give Steven Spielberg credit for making a film where there is a town called Amityville and he makes it scary, unlike uh the other Amityville movie. <laughs> um, Amity, and- as you know means friendship <laughs> um and jaws yeah i do consider it a horror movie jaws is fantastic but like you said matt you praised it perfectly alien is a haunted house movie in space it is a haunted house movie and alien is a creature stalking them into this house and uh that movie is terrifying uh the chest burster scene the alien breathing on her face with all the saliva dripping out oh, and uh Points to Ellen Ripley for being one of the most badass final girls out there. And uh, yeah, having the uh, presence of mind to save the cat when she escapes the ship. So I appreciate that. So Alien for me. So Alien advances. And that brings us to The Thing versus Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Both fantastic films. Now, before we get going... We're not we're not doing the thing from another world. We're doing the John Carpenter thing from the eighties. Which mm-hmm. invasion of the body snatchers movie are we talking about? Well, Donald, Donald Sutherland. Okay, I just want to make sure it's a level playing field. Um, not that it's going to matter. Is that level for you? Those two. Yeah, that's that's fair. But no, there's there's no way I can vote against the thing. The thing is probably the best horror movie ever made. It is the perfect movie to watch in shitty cold january or if you get snowed in at your house because the weather's bad it throw on the thing live in the cold accept your fate and the end is bleak right like you sit there and you're like it's just the two of them and it just ends on well let's just sit here for a while see what happens because one of them's the thing and you, the film ends without you knowing which one or who lives and who dies. I always like the um, the conspiracy theory that that bottle is actually gasoline, hmm. and that's why when uh, it gets drunk, there's kind of a knowing look. But um, you know, even without that, I, I love that ending. It's so it, it's like right up there with the ending to the fog. In terms of like, oh, that's just really sad and really concerning. It's great, and for all the move, for all the love John Carpenter gets from the general public for Halloween, uh, you know, he obviously gets all this love about the thing from movie buffs and horror aficionados, but he deserves more from the general populace for this film as well. And uh, this film is awesome. This film is amazing. Like you said, Ron, it's a perfect horror movie to watch in the dead of cold of winter. Plus Kurt Russell, man, I'm not going to vote against him. So the thing easily for me. I also vote for the thing just in case that wasn't clear. Like um, (laughs) invasion of the body snatchers, the the Donald Sutherland one, it is really good. And it, it, it does have a, speaking of other iconic endings when uh, Donald Sutherland is uh, <laughs> revealed to be body snatched and he does the 
<laughs> for those for those who don't know, because this is not visual medium, both Ron and Matt just did the iconic Donald Sutherland point. Yeah. And I'm I have to figure out if Zoom is also recording video because if so, I'm turning both of those into GIFs. Yeah. For your pleasure. <laughs> There's because that is a GIF, right? The Donald Sutherland point with his mouth wide open. It's it's a really good movie, but the thing is better. So Speaking of underrated gateway horror, Toby Hooper's Invaders from Mars, basically like a child-friendlier version of Body Snatchers that's also really good, since since we've talked about that subject quite a bit tonight. I think I'm still, well, it doesn't matter, so it's fine. The thing, terrifying. Great. (laughs) It's it's moving ahead. I'm going to lob up a vote for Invasion of the Body Snatchers because, A, I really freaking like aliens. I do. <laughs> I voted for all the alien movies we've had in this bracket so far, and I'm not going to stop. They're super <laughs> interesting, and I love everything about them. I watch UFO documentaries all the time. <laughs> and... One of my biggest fears and something that's super anxiety inducing for me and one of the reasons why I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a little scarier for me is something awful and weird happening and trying to tell someone to get help and nobody believing you. Mm -hmm. That to me is fucking terrifying. And for that reason, and also because I like aliens... And I think the pod people, especially the pod people in California, have lived on past body snatchers. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Invasion of the Body Snatchers. If you like that subgenre of, or if you're terrified by that subgenre of begging for help and nobody believes you, you <laughs> like that short story where the guy and his wife go on the honeymoon to Paris and she gets sick and he goes out to get her medicine. And he's directed all over the city and he goes back and they're like, you never, you were never staying at this hotel. The wife has disappeared. Mm-mm. The room has been completely changed. And I don't know you, if I've seen what you're talking about, but I've read a book. It's a short story. And it's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, 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 she had like yeah. the plague or something. So they got rid of her. They sent the husband on like a wild goose chase around the city. And then to not yeah. cause a panic lie that she was ever there. That it's always creeped me out. Have you ever read, um, I think it Neil Gaiman has a book called Neverwhere, I think is what it's called. And this guy just like disappears. Yep. But he's still alive, but he's disappeared. He's wiped off the face of the earth. Terrifying. Yeah. I love anyway. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> um, it doesn't super matter, but I sadly have not seen the thing. Um, that is my host, Misty, on our podcast. That's her favorite, one of her very favorite movies. And that is something we'll be covering soon. But um, you guys have really sold that movie for me, for sure. But yeah, so by default, it'd be Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But when you see the thing on the screen, make sure you point to it and say, that thing's thanging. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that just for you, Ron. So that one turned out to be Guys Against Girls here. And the guys prevail. <laughs> Matt, why don't you introduce our next face-off here? How come you keep giving me the ones I've never seen? Um, <laughs> this is uh, two vampire films. This is Fright Night versus The Lost Boys. Oh, that's so reductive, but you're not wrong. 
It is two vampire movies, but I said what I said. <laughs> he simplified it. Two movies that like live on in pop culture to this day. If the Lost Boys, if only for um, Tim Capella, the shirtless saxophone playing guy, that is also a popular gift. <laughs> yeah, um, Fright Night. I'm going back through the film strip archives and wherever I can find a, a movie appropriate release date. I'm putting in a link to the episode that uh, is talking about that movie. And one of the ones is Fright Night. One of the things I said is there is not there aren't many fictional shows that I want to watch more than the Roddy McDowell's horror hosted show in Fright Night, the original Fright Night. That said, Fright Night would be my choice if it wasn't for all the goddamn vampires. I cannot like not go with Lost Boys because that is such a key part of 80s childhooddom to have seen that movie hundreds of times to uh, not think of I can't eat fried rice and not think I'm eating maggots oh. because of that movie. It's just so good and Kiefer Sullivan has the best mullet that has probably ever been on in a movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a correct statement. I, my, I agree with Ron. Lost Boys is my choice. My heart is so happy right now talking about the Lost Boys, but I'm going to start by saying, or second by saying, the Fright Night cover, like the video cover, hooked me when I was a kid going through the Movie Max, you know, rental store. I thought it was so damn cool. So I had to get it. And, you know, props to Fright Night for that. Um, and the makeup was cool and the movie was fun, but I love The Lost Boys so hard. It has the Corys in it. It's yep. got the Kiefer in it. It's got uh, the maggots in it. And there's that really fun montage scene where they're all getting ready to fight the vampires. It's just such a fun movie. I love mm -hmm. it so much. So yeah, Lost Boys for me. I will also go with The Lost Boys um echo everything all three of you said it's just fun um and it's become iconic uh keeper Suther sutherland's uh mullet is its own character um love the scene where they're all playing on the bridge hanging off the bridge it, it's just you don't want to be part of the gang but you do want to be part of the gang <laughs> having said that I have picked, I did pick the lost boys but if we were talking about the fright night remake I'd have to go with fright night I think the remake is better than the original. So for the next uh, one of these, we're going to have a sequels bracket and a remake bracket. <laughs> there there yeah. you go. Or maybe sequels versus remakes, like one side sequels, one side Ooh. remakes. Ooh. That's fun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Lost Boys moves on. Uh, Matt, you have to see both, man. You're not a vampire <laughs> fan, are you? Except Dracula. No, I am. No, I am. No, I like vampires. I, I just haven't seen these two movies. That's all. Lindsay, why don't you round out our uh, not what they seem division here? <sighs> okay. <laughs> so last, probably not least, is the orphan, or sorry, just orphan versus the omen. Orphan had this thing in the trailer. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I just watched the trailer recently to kind of rejog everything. And it said, you'll never guess her secret. And I remember thinking the first time I saw that trailer, like, I bet she's an adult. 
Like, it wasn't that secret. Mm-hmm. I, it just, I don't know. It was, it was again one of the fine things. The, it was, it was fine. The omen was way scarier for me. Again, going back into more of the religious thriller, the Antichrist is is coming, and there's something about an actual demonic little kid not an adult playing like pretending to be a little kid the actual child is way more frightening for me than than the character in orphan so i'm going with the omen for a number of reasons but that's a big one i'm gonna have to disagree with you Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) um or the, the omen is great the omen is terrifying that look he throws at the camera at the end right where it's like oh crap you know this guy's mm-hmm. now been this kid's now been taken into the most powerful family in the world and he is the devil himself terrifying it works for me but i think it's so much scarier when it's an adult posing as a child to infiltrate your home and i had i still get the heebie-jeebies whenever i think of Make love to me, Daddy. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, that will pop into my head every now and then. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, One more reason why I didn't pick that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie, though, like I, I don't know. The, um, and again, it's the idea. Just to kind of go back to what you said about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, Vera Farmiga's character knows something's wrong with this girl and nobody believes mm-hmm. her. And that is, ter- yeah, again, okay. terrifying to me. Her spouse doesn't. The doctors don't. And Isabel Furman, she was mm-hmm. great. She was great in that movie. She was great when they kind of de-aged her in the prequel movie. They didn't de-age uh, her at all. They, they didn't de-age were, her at all. That's the point. They were just like, here you go. <laughs> this is a prequel, even though this is 20. She's uh, yeah. actually an adult now versus she was a child playing an adult. The, the prequel first. threw me off because of that, but I still like the prequel. I still do. I still do, too. But yeah, if you're, I, you can't, I will never vote against Vera for me, uh, and uh, add in Isabel Furman and yeah, that uh, the orphan for me, orphan for me. Plus the scars guard for, and uh, everyone loves a, everyone loves a good scars guard. I too <laughs> love a good scars guard. I do. Mm-hmm. I just prefer the Omen. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real tough choice. Uh, one of these movies is one of my favorite, like movies to point at the screen and say that's orphan. But the other one, I get to point at the screen and say, that's Omen. So it's <laughs> it's a really tough choice. Uh, um, I love I love the Omen. But, like, Orphan is such a down and dirty, like, especially the ending. It's, like, such a down and dirty, like, fight for survival. Mm-hmm. And... Orphan just takes such a beating and gives out such a beating. And Vera Farmiga just Vera Farmiga and Orphan just go for it in at the end of that movie. Like yeah. it is top notch. One of my big flaws is I'm not a huge, huge fan of 70s pacing. And Omen can be a little slow to me mm. between the stuff I want to see. And Orphan's just like, oh, you want to see some craziness? All right, Orphan's are gonna do some crazy shit. So just hang on. And you just get that right away. So my ADHD riddled brain probably is going to make me point to the screen and say, orphan. 
That is a really interesting thing that you brought up, Ron. Doing this bracket, I have definitely learned a lot about myself and my tastes. And I yeah. discovered that I really do like the 70s pacing a lot. I do too. 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s is like my, that's my favorite. And if it's a crappy movie, it's even better for me. I love creepy kids. I love books about creepy kids. Um, I just, I just read one, but the orphan to me is it gets my pick. I love that movie. Um, I watched it for the first time last year and I pretty sure I knew the twist, but it didn't like ruin it for me at all. I thought it was really good. And the fact that she was a child playing this character, I thought was even better because I think she did an amazing job. Um, I love the fight at the end with Fira Farmiga when she says something about help me mommy. And she goes, I'm not your fucking mommy. And pushes her into the ice. I love that. So uh, orphan for me. Has anyone else seen the, um, the documentary about the true orphan? Yeah. 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 That's that's crazy. I forget what it's called. They should have called it the real orphan, but they didn't. Um, (laughs) But it's about this couple that adopts this child from Ukraine, mm-hmm. but it's not a child. It's a little person mm-hmm. who is anywhere from 15 to 30 years old at the time that this little person is adopted. And there's a whole sketchy backstory. And I'm fairly sure the dad had sex with the orphan in real life in that thing. Um, Cause he just, it just gives me that vibe. Yeah. Hardcore. I don't know if I'm off base there, Kendall. I but. can't remember the name. I know what uh, it'll come to me, but um, my pick is also Orphan. The Strange Case of Natalia Grace. That's the name. That's, yes. it. That's yes. it. Thank you, Matt. Yes. So, Lindsay, recommend that from okay. all four of us. <laughs> all right, guys. We finally narrowed down from our top 32 to our top 16. So moving to our north, moving back to our northwest portion of the bracket, or as Ron has designated the slasher portion of the bracket, you know, we're going to let Kendall kick it this off, this first uh, competition off. Okay, so our first pairing, we have Halloween versus A Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to go with A Nightmare on Elm Street for this one. Ooh. That's my choice. Bold choice. It is. I can't go against Boogeyman himself. I've got to go Halloween. Yeah. I think Michael Myers has a... I think that franchise has more good installments. Not that they they don't have their fair share of shitty installments too, but I think... I just... I don't love... Like, I've tried to love Halloween, and I just can't love it. And if I had to choose between one or the other to watch, it would it would be a nightmare on Elm Street, I think, at this point. I'm going to agree with Kendall on this one and pick Ooh. a nightmare on Elm Street, too, for me. And I said this when we were first talking about Nightmare versus Friday the 13th. Conceptually, it is just a way more terrifying yep. idea for me. And... I love the slasher parts of it. So I'm going with Nightmare on Elm Street for this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Halloween. So it's my favorite. I love Halloween. I can't vote against it, just like Anthony. Plus, to go back to something Max said earlier, 
in this bracket tournament, the randomness of that first movie, how he just targets those girls randomly, I find that scarier. I mean, Freddy's mm. terrifying, haunting your dreams, yeah. especially in that mm. first movie, but the randomness of that first Halloween, where it could actually happen, you know, you walk down the street and some random guy targets you, that's scarier to me, but... You don't know Nightmare on Elm Street couldn't actually happen, Anthony. <laughs> that's, I, that's true. Leave Wes Craven. He saw a newspaper article about a bunch of people that were dying in their sleep in the Philippines. And that's where he got the idea for A Nightmare on Elm Street. So you're right, Lindsay. It could theoretically happen. <laughs> but it's much more likely that a guy's going to escape from a mental institution, <laughs> put on a boiler suit, stomp around suburbia with a knife, get a bunch of helpless teenagers, and create a film series that has a very interesting very confusing mythology uh timeline uh yep. prequel sequel requel remake reboot remake update etc but the one thing that you can't take away from halloween is that that first movie is amazing and i do really like a nightmare on elm street freddy uh Kruger is not necessarily my slasher choice. I'm a Jason guy because uh I'm a big dumb idiot. But uh there's just <laughs> something about Halloween that has the most that the vibes fit the name and the action fits. It's the movie that defined the, the slasher genre, even though Black Christmas is the movie that spawned the slasher genre. Uh unless you know you want to fight for some Mario Baba from the from Italy, but we're not gonna do that right now. Um but all that to say, Halloween. That was a closer argument than I thought it would be, honestly. So, well done, guys. I but wasn't how... expecting another nightmare. So Me either. <laughs> <laughs> By the skin of his teeth, Michael Myers moves on. Ron, why don't you take the next one? In a interesting matchup of one of the proto-slashers versus one of the movies that took the Halloween idea that uh, that is like so much the randomness of it, the fact that it's just people getting killed because they were home. We have Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho versus The Strangers. And this is a very difficult matchup for me. Psycho has aged really well. I feel like the pop cultural spinoffs, takeoffs, all the jokes, all the satires, all the spoofs i feel like that has actually actively harmed psycho but i feel like it has been such a pop cultural phenomenon because it is still really good and there's a lot of stuff in, in psycho that still holds up much better than a movie that's what 60 70 years old at this point should so as much as i love the strangers and i do love the strangers uh, i'm gonna go with psycho much like it kind of pained me to knock A Nightmare on Elm Street off so soon because it was pitted up against one of my absolute favorites, it does pain me a little bit to have to knock Psycho off. The Everything Ron said is absolutely true. It does hold up very well. I just think it's a less frightening movie overall than The Strangers. So I picked The Strangers. I'm going to piggyback off of what Matt said. Um, exactly how I feel. I'm going to pick the strangers as well. And I'm going to piggyback off what Ron said. <laughs> so it's down to Anthony. But I, I've always loved the movie Psycho. And I 
still have to rewatch The Strangers, and I promise you guys I will to give it another chance. But I didn't love it when I when okay. I watched it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna push Psycho through on this one. I did not want to be in this position. Okay. I had to cast the deciding vote between Halloween and A Nightmare on Elm Street, Anthony. You're just going to have to suck <laughs> it up, pal. <laughs> I, I love Psycho. I think Psycho is iconic. Psycho is iconic. The music's iconic. Hitchcock's iconic. But if I'm judging these two films on which scares me more, this kills me to knock it out here. But I'm going to have to go to The Strangers. I'm going to have to and Kendall. Wow. Oh, that kills me. That did not feel good. Yeah, these right. are hard. These are yeah. hard pairings. We knew there were going to be some splits in this one. So yeah. <laughs> We're at the point there are no bad choices, just bad people making choices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a couple bad choices on here, I think, still, but whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm being nice. So our next pairing and I, I is Scream versus Sleepaway Camp. In a pairing, I don't think is going to be close. I apologize, Kendall. I mean, no, we know which one we're all voting for, and it's the one Anthony doesn't want to win. How dare you? <laughs> Everybody more... vote with Kendall. <laughs> it is right up there, tied for me with Halloween as one of my favorite movies of all time. And that is Scream. Not only is it exquisitely made, but that film. I didn't tell this story earlier, but I tell it on every podcast I talk about Scream on. The first time I watched Scream, I noped out of there for a year after the Drew Barrymore death scene. It scared me so much. I saw it too young. My parents bought me the box set like when I was in like fifth or sixth grade of the first trilogy. And I put in that Scream movie. And the minute I saw Drew Barrymore hanging from the tree by that swing, I'm like, nope, I'm out of here. I'm not watching this movie. Wow. And I didn't revisit it for a year. So that scene, I think, is still one of the best horror slash movie scenes in general of all time. Yes. It's like a little mini movie. And uh, I got to go scream. I, it's scream. No question for me. If only the rest of the movie was as good as that opening sequence. Oh, wow. Shots fired. Uh, yeah, man. for real. Wow. Uh, hey, I'm just saying that, that uh, I'm not knocking the rest of the movie. It's fine. Like that is, if you could make the whole movie that good, mm-hmm. if you could build the whole okay. plane out of the black box, it, it would have walked into the finals and we wouldn't even have to vote. It would be voting everyone else to pick out who's going to lose to Scream. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. I like what Anthony said when he called it like a mini movie because you could just capture that opening and make, you know, it would be like a, a short film. And I think it would satisfy because it's so good. It's it's almost in a way like that uh, proof of concept that um, became the opening uh, segment in Robert Rodriguez's Sin City, a movie I really like mm. that no one else mm-hmm. will defend. It's a good one. I but like they, it. But they made that opening bit with, um, oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on the dude's name. Handsome McHandsome face, as Julia would call him. It's the one where, where mm. she's uh, they're on the balcony and they kiss and then he shoots her because he's an assassin that was hired to kill her um i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen it anyway but uh, but you know if that proved very more thing if that was like the proof of concept to make the screen movie i'm not surprised it was a hit but i'm gonna i'm on kindle side i still like sleepaway camp more uh so i'm gonna go sleepaway camp i don't i'm not a huge fan of uh kevin williamson's writing style i'll just say that and this is from a guy who watched all three seasons of the following 
Oh man, I'm on, I'm team scream all the way. I flipping love that movie. I remember the first time I watched it. I didn't know about unlike some people on this podcast. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but I also might have been a little older when I saw it. So it 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 still blew my mind. It's still one of my favorites on voting for Scream. I mean, we all remember how much I hate Sleepaway Camp, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way I'm voting for it. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, scream. So... As much as I love Sleepaway Camp, it is one of my favorites. Um, picking between the two is like picking between children for me. Don't let me down, Kendall. Come on. <laughs> Ron took a stand for you. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm with Ron. It's going to be Sleepaway Camp in this battle. Um, not that it matters because Scream is moving on. But at least we, I mean, I didn't, I thought I'd be by myself. So thank you for that, Ron. Ghostface lives to stab oh. another day. Yeah. Oh, this is stressful, guys. This is already. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're up, man. Why don't you introduce the next one? All right. So for this battle, we have got uh, a saw versus a jigsaw. We have got uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus saw. And on this one, I think I will be the cheese that stands alone. But... I pick the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm going Saw. As you as you all remember, last round, I did not have much good to say about that original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I'm standing with my buddy Jigsaw and asking you all to join me and play a game. I'm also going to go with Saw. I like that movie better. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre still has a special place in my heart. But so does Saw. And I think overall Saw is just a better movie for me. So it's Saw for me too. If if any of the major players in Saw could actually pick an accent and stick with it, it might have more <laughs> of an argument. But because none of them can, I'm going to go with the grimiest, nastiest horror movie that's ever been made. I'll, <laughs> me and Matt will be together on... Oh, I we, thought I was going to be alone. We, but... I, we will be twirling together with our chainsaw us <laughs> held proudly in the air grunting and screaming like pigs i love that ron is just like he's ride or die with some of us i've picked it i've picked a different person to ride or die with the entire it's gonna continue love it so in a pleasant surprise for me jigsaw moves on saw moves on that's revenge for x guys i'm happy i'm happy uh Lindsay, why don't you introduced the first one in our uh, Universal Monsters bracket, our new line bracket in the Southeast here, Southwest. Cool. Yeah. So first matchup is Nosferatu and versus the Bride of Frankenstein. And I'm going with the Bride of Frankenstein for this one. I love that movie. I do. And I understand Nosferatu's place in the universal monsters ether but bride of frankenstein for me bride of frankenstein i still think it's crazy that nosferatu won over dracula <laughs> i'll probably be the one standing alone here unless ron wants to be my ride or die this time but uh <laughs> <laughs> i have to go for i have to go nosferatu 
I've really developed a love for that film and that uh, Count Orlock over the past few years, especially, and uh, I I can't abandon him now. Call me Renfield. I am choosing The Bride of Frankenstein. Not that it matters, Anthony, but I was going to be there with you for Nosferatu. As much as I love Bride of Frankenstein, like if you get a chance to see Nosferatu with people playing a score to it live, it's incredible. The Bride of Frankenstein moves on. I'm not ups- I'm not upset about it because I do love that movie. But yeah. how how Bride could you be? Kendall, introduce the next one. Okay. Matchup. Right now we have uh, our next pairing is It Follows versus Barbarian. I talked about it last time. I am not a fan of It Follows. So for me, Barbarian is my pick. I'm going to second you, Barbarian. Barbarian's are my favorite horror films of the past few years, of the 2020s. Mm-hmm. I just watched it again the other day. And uh, that movie, I love that movie. So Barbarian, easily for me. If the second half of the film would have been as strong as the first half of the film, I would say Barbarian, but that second half of the film really does hurt it when compared to It Follows. So I pick It Follows. There's a thing I'm following, and it's It. So I'm going to go with (laughs) It Follows. Oh, tiebreaker Lindsay. That's all right. I already knew what I was going to pick. It is also a no-brainer for me because I didn't like It Follows. I don't think I voted for it in the first round, so Barbarian for me. Wow. Barbarian (laughs) moves on. Ron, my friend, you're up. Okay. We've got a battle of a couple of interesting movies. Um, On one hand, we've got Lights Out, who had a, if I remember correctly, had a pretty tough first round battle with Don't Breathe versus the purge which is and remains one of my favorite movies it's a great creep around a locked house thing the 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 son who is heavily coded as autistic has this weird little baby robot monster thing that rolls around um i do like lights out but the purge and the purge series is one of my favorite series and having recently watched the purge and having survived the louisville purge I'm going to stick with uh, Ethan Hawke deserves to have a movie go further into this thing. So I'm going to go with The Purge. I'm going to second you, Ron. I love The Purge. And I just want to point out something. The Purge, as a part of pop culture, Lindsay mentioned it earlier that so many like like Rick and Morty and other other TV shows have kind of like, quote unquote, spoofed it. But everyone knows what it means to purge, right? Like, you see people joking on Twitter about, oh, if you could purge, like, a famous person. Like, you know, you see people joking about the purge. It's become a pop culture verb, noun, whatever. It's become part of pop culture. And uh, that's more than you could say, I think, for Lights Out. So it's just another tick in the purge column for me. So the purge. I'm going to third the purge for all the things that Anthony said and Ron said. And I just, I just plain old like it better is also way more terrifying to me to be (laughs) in that potential scenario so i think it's scarier too i agree i'm gonna go with the purge i have no dog in this fight so um the purge (laughs) by unanimous consent the purge moves on our first unanimous one tonight ironically enough interesting enough so our next fight here our last fight in this round for the southeast for the new line universal bracket is an interesting one i think 
We have James Wan's, in my opinion, most underrated movie, Dead Silence. And then we have Sinister, which a lot of, um, you know, for some reason, I don't know how they figured it out, but scientifically, it's the scariest movie of all time, according to science. Head versus heart for me. I love both of these films. I'm going to have to go with my heart, though. I just watched Dead Silence again the other day as part of my kickoff to spooky season, and I love Billy the Puppet and Mary Shaw. I am so upset we never got a sequel. I'm going Dead Silence. Make that two for Dead Silence. I made a point to push for Ethan Hawke and The Purge because Ethan Hawke is not going to win this round. I'm going to go with Dead Silence. Whoa! Wasn't I'm going with that. Dead Silence too. Whoa! <laughs> it doesn't matter what I pick. I don't really care for either, really. So, Dead Silence. <laughs> Dead Silence. I love it. Pleasant surprise. So, moving over to our northeast bracket here, our uh, monsters bracket, or something. Matt, why don't you kick us off here? It was our dead and demons bracket. Yeah, this is a a big old swinging category right here because it is the Exorcist versus Dawn of the Dead. And no matter who wins, a big old classic film loses, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick Dawn of the Dead. The Exorcist is regarded as one of the scariest movies of all time. And I stand with that, that movie. I love that movie. Um, as, an, as a piece of art, apart from how scary it is, that movie is phenomenal. And I'm going to go with The Exorcist. I'm also going to go with The Exorcist. I don't know if I would say it's the scariest movie of all time, but it's definitely the whole concept is scary. I mean, it's a classic. So The Exorcist. I'm not going to abandon George Romero now, and I never will. Uh, both of these movies kicked off a weird mini genre with lots of ripoffs. My favorite mm-hmm. Exorcist ripoff being Abby, which is the black exploitation Exorcist, which is basically hmm. it's literally the exact same plot as The Exorcist, but with black people. Uh, but Dawn of the Dead kicked off the Italian zombie genre, and the Italian zombie genre contains some of my all-time favorite films. Those films would not exist if it was not for the fact that uh, Italian copyright laws are weird and they were able to push out a lot of sequels in name only to Dawn of the Dead by <laughs> tacking them onto Zombie, which is the Italian title. So I'm going to go with Dawn of the Dead. Eyebreaker, Lindsay. Again, already knew what I was going to vote for here, but sorry, Ron and Matt. I <laughs> love, I love any kind of this religious horror possession movie thing and the exorcist kicked it all off for me so gotta go with the exorcist on that one man you're all just so wrong but okay (laughs) (laughs) so the exorcist moves on pazuzu lives to possess another day i somehow don't think the next one is going to be a hard choice for Lindsay. but Lindsay, why don't you kick the next challenge off (laughs) all right (laughs) the next one is Killer Clowns from Outer Space versus Candyman. It's harder than uh, you probably think it is for me, Anthony. (laughs) I like the Candyman. It's scary. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, not scary. So I may be alone here, but I'm still going to pick Killer Clowns from Outer Space because it's just so much more enjoyable, I think. 
You're not alone, Lindsay. I also pick killer clowns from outer space. I was in Yay! Spirit the other day. They had the giant popcorn gun in Yay! there, which was a ton of fun. Like it or not, it is a fun, weird movie, and I pick it. I'll just go ahead and end the discussion, and I'll go with killer clowns from outer space. Love that movie. Still holds up. The fact that those clown make the clown a bunch of the clown masks also show up in Ernest Scared Stupid helps. Uh, the fact that some of them show up in Troll Two is even better. But uh, the Killer Clowns from Outer Space for me. I was also gonna pick Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm not the biggest Candyman fan, um, and I love camp. So it might surprise y'all as much as I would have loved to deliver a message from Art the Clown and vote for Candyman. I was actually going to vote for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> because <laughs> if I'm choosing one of those movies to put on, Candyman may be a better film, but Killer Clowns is more fun. And at this point, I would rather see them advance. So Killer Clowns Matter Space by unanimous decree. Nice. Wow, I was not expecting that. Me either. Cool. Yeah. Good job, team. Another unanimous vote. So Kendall, why don't you uh, do the next one? This is kind of a tough pairing just because they're pretty different but we have paranormal activity and the conjuring i'm gonna have to go with the conjuring um i've said it before that movie actually scared me as a franchise it is better than paranormal activity but as a movie i still think it's better it's like i said it's very different but there's a lot to that movie that i still think about yeah conjuring is that's yeah that's my pick Make it two. The Conjuring is one of my favorite ongoing, is my favorite ongoing horror movie franchise at the moment. I love that fake Ed and Lorraine Warren, and I would love to see many more adventures with the two of them dealing with demons and nuns and possessed dolls. So, uh, The Conjuring. Make it three. Four. I will not disagree with everyone else, but I will say Katie Featherston deserves to be in more movies because she's great in all of those paranormal activity flips. Mm-hmm. Is she in anything now, or is she kind of like Heather from Blair Witch and just disappeared? She's basically disappeared. I think she does the concert, good, but I can't think of anything she's been in that hasn't been like a cameo in a paranormal activity movie or that um, show that Orrin Pelly had on ABC for a season, which is a shame because I think she's good and I think the guy who plays Mika is good. And I feel like they should like <laughs> he, he would. Work. They were both good, but the guy who Mika deserved to die in that movie, and that's all I'll say. Well, obviously, yeah, but that's the whole that's the whole point. He has to be unlikable for us to not be mad when the demon breaks him in two and throws him at the camera. <laughs> Ron, why don't you introduce the next one? So we have a killer doll versus a killer clown doll. Well, it doesn't actually kill, but it tries its best. Uh, Annabelle, who beat Child's Play in the first round. Heads up against the leprechaun dethroning poltergeist. I am 100% in the bag for poltergeist. Having dealt with my crappy house falling apart for the better part of this entire year with lots of major repairs and problems. Um, if you told me this place was on some sort of Indian burial ground, I'd be like, great, you can sell it back to the Indians. I hate getting rid of it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with poltergeist. I gotta go with Annabelle. I, I mentioned it already. I uh, probably saw Poltergeist too late in life. I, I didn't get it. So mm -hmm. 
I think Annabelle's also pretty scary, just like The Conjuring for me. I think it's a great film. So I'm also choosing Annabelle. I'm going to go with Annabelle too. I just think the possessed doll is super scary. Yeah. So this one was a little tougher, but yeah, I got to stick with, I'm going with Annabelle on this one. I was also going Annabelle. Again, the Conjuring franchise. Love that franchise. So yeah, it's always yeah. going to be her. Ron, quick question for you. As a hypothetical here, if it was Annabelle versus a nun, which one would you have picked? I think Annabelle's the better movie. So probably Annabelle. I do like the nun quite a bit. I like the nun more than most people. I think I we agree on that, Anthony. But mm-hmm. um, And I like the vibe of the nun. I like the fact that it has the ending that it has. But I, I would probably go with Annabelle just because I feel like Annabelle's the spookier. Annabelle's the enemy that can show up again in later Conjuring movies. And, and I really like the sequel to Annabelle, too. So Interesting. Yeah, I tried to get the nun on this list, but I decided to put Annabelle here instead. I feel like you could have had a whole um, Conjuring verse versus Sinister verse. Well, that may be a good bracket for next year. We're doing like horror villains, the nun versus the bride in black or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Ooh. Or the villains uh, bracket. Love that. I like the sequel brackets and remake brackets and villain brackets. Guys, we're going to need to clear about a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is going to be its own separate spinoff podcast. Just go ahead and make it. Yeah. Yeah. I like Uh, that idea, Lindsay. I, I, I didn't tell you guys this is a pilot for a new podcast and yeah i oh, okay. unwittingly signed you guys all up so okay. <laughs> committed people Week are going three. to listen to a six-hour podcast anthony unless it's unless they're me oh no 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 i think they're more popular than you think especially people who commute so moving down to the not what they seem bracket we have get out versus the vavitch um which is an interesting matchup I think I'm probably going to stand alone here, but I'm going to go the, the bitch. It's spookier to me. It's uh, like Lindsay was saying earlier, not a few days ago, like she was saying earlier, <laughs> I like the whole history. I am big into that period of history. Uh, that period of history is just spooky and creepy and hard in general, rough in general. Um, so add a, a demonic goat and Anna Taylor Joy on top of it. And I'm going to the bitch. I still would like to live deliciously, and I still would like a taste of butter. I'm going to go with you on this one. I'm going to go with The Vich. Yes. Get Out. I'm going with Get Out. Me too. My choice is Get Out. Man, this one I'm not a fan of being a tiebreaker for. Uh, This is another weird pairing because they're so different. It's hard. I know, and I'm going to have to think this one out loud a little bit, but... Because Get Out was so different and interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm going to go with the Vavitch. I just love that style. I love the dark grayish brown film and the, you know, 15th, 16th century witch hunty stuff. And I think we've already mentioned it. There's just, there's just not enough witch content these days. <laughs> so. I just started watching uh, the Mayfair Witches on AMC Plus. Pretty good so far. Yeah, it's good. I've been wanting to check that out. Pretty good they so sent far. me screeners for it, and I never watched it, so maybe I should have probably done that. 
good spooky season show. I think the next battle is going to be interesting. So, Matt, why don't you? (laughs) Why is this a matchup? Oh, I hate this so fucking much. Oh Oh, no! I just looked at it. That's this is really bad. This is trick or treat versus it. Sam versus Pennywise. Oh God! Um, no matter what happens, I'm gonna cry. As much as I hate to do it, like there's really only one answer for me. As much as I hate this, but my answer is it. I'm gonna have to second you, Matt. I think Pennywise is. I mean, not even though we're just talking about the Bill Skarsgård one. You know, if you think about Tim Curry as well, he's an icon. Yeah, Pennywise, I think. Is the reason a lot of people are have a fear of clowns. I love those movies. I'm gonna go it, and it kills me because I do love Trick or Treat. I just think it is a better made film. Tim Curry is as Pennywise, the iconic Pennywise for a reason, not Bill Skarsgård, which I'm not gonna throw any shade at it, but I've got to show some support for Sam. Trick or Treat is a perfect, a spooky, funny. It really is. Gory, hilarious, perfect, like, Halloween treat. It was good enough to dethrone Krampus, which is a movie that I know Anthony really likes. And I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Trick or Treat. Nothing you said there, by the way, Ron, I disagree with. I'm, yeah. not, either. I, I, I'm not saying it's an easy choice, but I'm saying it's the one I'm making. I, I want to give a shout out to all of you for putting me on trick-or-treat because when we first started the bracket I was like "Uh, it's okay but to hear the love that all of you have for it really made me so happy so it pains me even more to pick it now knowing like seeing trick-or-treat from everybody else's perspective because now I'm on the trick-or-treat bus, but I got to go with it because I love the series and the parts one and two movies and the books, and I got to push it through. Well, my pick is trick-or-treat. I, Whenever I think of Halloween, I think of the world in that movie. Mm-hmm. It embodies Halloween. I absolutely love Sam. I love everything about that movie. It's legit like top three horror movies for me um so there's honestly not many movies that would beat it out for me um not that it matters but trick-or-treat is my choice that was yeah, i hated one. this one so much yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes me sad but at least it lost out to it now if someone finally films a version of it that ends with a child gangbang oh my god (laughs) Zack Snyder's on call (laughs) oh god (laughs) so by by the skin of his teeth Pennywise uh moves on that Mm -hmm. was a I don't feel good about that one that one makes me sad but yeah that was tough Lindsay I'm gonna introduce the next one oh man okay the next one up is Alien versus The Thing. Oh. <laughs> this hurts my heart. <laughs> um, man, The Thing is so 
scary, but so is our outer space haunted house. I'm going to go with alien. I still like it more. Um, yeah. I will second alien and I'll tell you why it's because if I'm putting one on, I think alien fits better with, uh, it's like you just said, and Matt said last time, it is a haunted house movie in space. It is, I think, more outright scary than The Thing is. I think The Thing is... Uh, yeah, Alien. Alien. I'm not backtrack. Alien. <laughs> alien. I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a, cu- it's a battle for me between which thing scares me more. The surprise shock of the chestburster, the alien creeping around in the ducts or the blood test from the thing and Wilford Grimley kicking everyone's ass in (laughs) (laughs) alien versus the thing is like a battle royal for the ages because there are just so many great faces and people in both of these movies and alien probably has the better cast the thing has the one of the best leads and one of the best endings in horror movie history. Uh, you've got a great Geiger monster versus that incredible Rob Bothine thing. Special effects that oh, were just still remain the best. Some of the best special effects ever put on screen. Some of the weirdest, creepiest monster designs. Uh, but to me, nothing. I know the results of the blood test. And yet Every time I watch it, the hair stands up on the back of my neck, and there's a lot of hair to stand up. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to stick with the thing. I don't like this at all. (laughs) A little bit. I think I'm going to hate myself no matter what I do, so I'm just going to pick Alien. Oh. Wow. I'm going to pick Alien as well. I just want to point out Ron has been standing with all of us tonight and we all abandoned <laughs> Ron. I didn't. I, uh, I don't. Well, look, uh, at this point, I'm aware of what we signed up for and, and what we were, we're doing now is killing our least favorite child. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the next one should be easier, I think, for everybody. Yeah, Kendall, why don't you uh, introduce this one? Our last, not what they've seen, bracket here. Okay, I have um, The Lost Boys versus Orphan. I don't know. This one's a hard one for me because I love both of these movies. I might be going against everybody with this one, but I'm going to say Orphan. (gasps) Me too. Me too. Yay. (laughs) I'm also Team Orphan. I dissent. (laughs) (laughs) I am team Lost Boys. Not that it matters. Wow. Shout out. Shout out to team. Shout out to Lost Boys. (laughs) Did not expect that one. Me either. (laughs) Honestly, I was 50 50 on it, but then I was like, which movie would I want to watch more like right now? Yeah. And it was sure. Sure. You'd rather watch Orphan right now than Lost Boys? Yeah, because I, mean, I don't have fair. any fried rice or fair food or um, moon pies and RC Cola. No, I get it. Orphan is I, Orphan is definitely the scarier, weirder, creepier movie. So 
Orphan deserves to move forward, but I'm still gonna still gonna be Team Lost Boys. I think we have a very interesting final sixteen here. I know. <laughs> I, I I like it, but it's not necessarily every movie we would have expected. At least in my in terms, it is weird. Yeah. yeah. It's about so to get ra- weird, y'all. <laughs> so Rod, why do we are traveling back to the slasher bracket to determine our top four of the slashers? <laughs> I can already see Matt hyperventilating, but Ron, why don't you uh, kick us <laughs> off here? No, I already know my answer. You know, this uh, this is a tough one. Halloween, <laughs> the slasher among slashers versus probably my favorite modern slasher, The Strangers. Not that it's necessarily a slasher movie, but it's a you know a creepy. It's a it's a thing happening to people randomly that's terrifying, and also lots of people get stabbed. Yeah, um, it's very realistic. I love the, I love the strangers. That's how I'm going to start this off because I'm going to end up picking Halloween because it's Halloween, mm-hmm. and it's still it still holds up so well, and it still feels like fall. And I love the strangers. Turn the lights out one day when you're home alone and watch The Strangers and you will not sleep well. But Halloween is iconic for a reason. Yeah. I mean, second, I just copy paste whatever Ron said. That's me. Halloween, as much as I love The Strangers, I, I do think it's the scariest movie. Uh, but boy, oh boy, am I a Halloween fan. I'll I'll third it, and I just want to uh, and I'll point out, you know, I love both of those movies, and I think it's cool that it was two random home invasions going up against one another. But uh, I can't go against the Boogeyman. Halloween is a movie that made me realize the Boogeyman is real. So Halloween. I'm gonna go in for four and just give a shout out to the Halloween score that still makes the hairs on my arms like stand up straight. Yeah. Goosebumps every time I hear it. So exciting. I mean, it doesn't matter. My choice would have been the strangers, but it's fine. Halloween is iconic. I can't say can't say anything bad about it. It's just not my favorite. So Michael Myers moves on. Uh, I do want to point out, good shout on the score again. That yeah. score should always be mentioned when discussing how iconic and scary that film is. So, our next one is an interesting matchup. I, I still think I know which one is going to move ahead, or at least I hope it's going to move ahead. We have Scream versus Saw, Ghostface versus Jigsaw. It's Scream for me. I I will always go Scream. Uh Saw is admittedly, pre- I don't know, I Scream is scary. Scream is scary. Scarier. The first one is to me. Saw is gorier. Um, but that first Scream, it's weird, just like Halloween. I, I Halloween and Scream are such comfort movies to me. Like, it's hard for me to, like, even, you know, you almost become desensitized to the horror. But when you think yeah. about first Scream, it is terrifying. That movie came out like pre-Columbine, so it's about these high school murders, this guy targeting classmates. It's scary. It's a really scary concept, and I gotta go Scream. Um, Scream is another, like you said, a, a comfort movie for me. I watch it multiple times a year. I love that movie. Um, not much is gonna go up against Scream and beat it for me. I already had to choose between two children, um, so Scream is my pick for this one. 
put me in for Scream as well. Um, I the the first Saw is good. It's the only one in that franchise I really enjoy, but it's not Scream. I'm gonna copy paste what Matt said this time. It's yeah, the Saw movie was good. Anthony Kendall, it is also a comfort movie. Mm -hmm. Scream is for me. I just I love everything about that movie. It is one of the most perfect horror films, <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> So, and it scream. doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what I say, but I'm gonna go with scream just so I can we can break Anthony's heart in the next round. Oh, yeah, that's I'm gonna be man, fun. I'm, not, I'm, not, I know, the I'm next already one's not be looking so forward to it. Oh, don't. That's a toughie. Okay. Moving down to our Universal Monster slash New Line bracket. Hey, this is a weird one. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh boy, this is a weird matchup. So um, weird. <laughs> the Bride of Frankenstein versus Barbarian, and it, I, I I still have to keep going with Bride of Frankenstein on this one. Um, it's yeah, that's all. I don't need to keep talking about it. I, I've said my piece on Barbarian. Uh, the Bride of Frankenstein's iconic, but Barbarian scares me more, and it's not even just. The mother or the tension in that first half where you think Bill Skarsgård may be like a creep who's going to imprison and rape her or whatever. It's also that first moment she steps out of that house in the broad daylight and you see how dilapidated that neighborhood is, how it's falling apart, how it just looks like the most dangerous area. That that shot is so beautiful that scares crap out of me to think I would check into an Airbnb in the evening and wake up in the morning. I'm in like the roughest tumble neighborhood in the country uh i gotta go barbarian i know i'm probably in the minority here but barbarian i'm gonna go bride of frankenstein <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go bride of best of the universal monster movies for a reason mm -hmm. um it's hard to go up against a classic like that um but I think if I had to choose to watch one of these right now, I would probably be with Anthony. I would go Barbarian. Not that it matters, but... It doesn't matter, but the bride mm -hmm. moves on. And I'm not upset about it, because I do Same. love that movie. Yeah, not mad at all. Those, that is a really weird pairing. Mm -hmm. Next up is The Purge versus Dead Silence. And for all the reasons we've mentioned up to this point, the Purge is going to move on for me. Yep. Me too. It's The Purge. Dead silence. Everybody put on your crazy masks because it's Purge time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that it matters now, I was actually going to go Dead Silence too. But again, oh. I'm not mad. I love The Purge franchise. I love every installment of that franchise, including the TV show. I just thought Dead Silence so underrated. I just wanted to see it go one more round. All right, jumping to our demonic monsters bracket here. Kendall, kick us off. We have The Exorcist versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, that's such a weird pair. Hmm. <laughs> this is so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, The Exorcist you have, like I said, it's a classic it's you know but then you have kill i'm gonna go the exorcist i mean if we are determining a scary movie here versus camp but i love camp 
So I, I am going to join you. I think yeah. the exorcist, even if it doesn't ultimately win this, I have to choose the exorcist. It's too iconic to knock out this early. Yeah. Uh, so given, I will go with the spider walking and that spinning head and the, all of the, everything that comes with demonic possession. The only really scary thing that happens in the exorcist is the spinal tap watching that happen. Basically, for me, it comes down to a battle of which special effects are cooler. Do I want like the clowns and the fun and the bright colors, or do I want the the grit and grime, the darker stuff of The Exorcist? <laughs> it's made quite an impression, and I'm gonna go with The Exorcist. That is three for The Exorcist. I mean, I'm gonna go with Killer Clowns from Outer Space just out of spite because I still think <laughs> Donna the Dead should have beat The Exorcist. But what do I know? I mean, I agree with you. But- you know, I know this this doesn't matter either. So I should ride or die with Matt because I love killer clowns from outer space. But in my heart, <laughs> The Exorcist is probably one of the horror movies that kicked off my whole love of horror movies, period. So it means a little more to me, I think, than killer clowns from outer space. And I do like the effects of it i mean i love the killer clowns from outer space effects so and i'm 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 pleasantly surprised at how far killer clowns made it to be perfectly honest so i'll take that win but i gotta vote for the exorcist on this i'm gonna say i'm gonna give myself credit for that because i made anthony watch it and uh, (laughs) that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) i I can't wait to listen to that episode and hear the switch wrong so the Exorcist moves on. Um, I will give Killer Clowns credit for making it as far as it did. Ron, introduce the next one. So it's a battle of uh, it's a battle for the Blumhouse, the Conjuring versus the most famous spinoff of the Conjuring universe, Annabelle. It is really difficult to go against. Annabelle because I think it's a very solid movie and I think it's a really well done spinoff but there's just something about Ed and Lorraine Warren the fake versions there's just something about the conjuring like Annabelle wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the conjuring I mean there have been lots of creepy possessed doll movies that aren't necessarily as good as Annabelle um, but the conjuring is, is one of the bigger movies to one of the bigger movies in that horror resurgence in, in recent years. Um, I like the, I love The Conjuring. I love The Conjuring 2. I, I, I'm one of the few people who really likes The Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It. Same. Um, and as much as I like all those Annabelle spinoffs, I got to go with the OG. I got to go with The Conjuring. Yeah, also The Conjuring. Like, if you can't, you can't pick the spinoff over the original. <laughs> Uh, copy and paste everything Ron said for the most part. No, everything, not even for the most part. There is no Annabelle without The Conjuring. And uh, again, like, fake Ed and Lorraine, I, it's hard for me to vote against them. They are a couple goals. They are horror movie icons at this point. Uh, I think Ron, I think Matt described it a few rounds ago as they're, <laughs> they're religious superheroes at this yep. point. Uh, there i love them so the conjuring conjuring for me too yeah it's the conjuring that's a tough one because i love both of those but like you said you can't pick 
Annabelle over The Conjuring because there would be no Annabelle without it. So our next choice here uh, is an interesting matchup, but it's actually an easy matchup for me. We have the Vavitch uh, versus It Chapters 1 and 2 I'm down so in the... everybody is saying it that way. Down in uh, the Not What They Seem bracket. And for the same reason, I had to cut off a limb and send Sam packing to the curb. I'm going to have to send the Anna Taylor Joy and the Vavitch packing. Uh, it is Pennywise all the way. It's it chapters one and two for me. Yeah, this one is easy for me. Way easier mm-hmm. than picking it over trick or treat. I mean, this one is it all the way. Yeah, I'm not going to let Sam die in vain. It's it for me. <laughs> I love that. Same. It for me too. Not that it matters, but I'm still holding the literal torch for Black Phillip. So Pennywise advances easier. He had an easier round than he did last time. It's not even the best version of Pennywise. That's the thing. <laughs> and Matt, why don't you introduce our last one here in Things Are Not What They Seem? This one is uh, another much easier choice for me. Weird matchup again. Um, (laughs) This is Alien versus Orphan. And let me tell you what, that uh, Xenomorph is eating that orphan as far as I'm concerned. Hell yeah, it is. I'm going Alien. Our haunted house in the sky. Yeah, I'm going to go with Alien. Um, But question for the group, if you were going to have Orphan versus another movie like a, J- a freddy versus jason situation who would orphan fight chucky yeah i was, I was thinking chucky. <laughs> chucky's a good one that would yeah. be pretty good um also maybe the omen maybe the orphan versus damon yeah no damon has superpowers though like supernatural powers so i don't know if mm. that's fair i like chucky i think that's a good one what about the little undead boy from pet cemetery Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Um, I was gonna say not that matters. I was actually going to uh go orphan here. Really? Wow. I was. I there is no denying alien is scarier, but there's just something that creeps me out every time I hear make love to me, daddy. And uh, <laughs> honestly, Anthony, I'm so yeah. glad you said that because orphan was my pick too. Yeah, sure, Anthony creeps you out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's Alien moving on. Uh, okay. And and again, I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I just wanted to show Orphan some love. At this point, it's just, yeah. The spinoff I want now is Ripley versus the Orphan. <laughs> <laughs> I I would pay to see somebody do that on YouTube. Like Ripley, Ripley, show, Ripley shows up at a, at, a, at a colony. Everyone's dead except for one Orphan. But the orphan is not what she seems. She's not a xenomorph this time. This feels like it could be a celebrity death match. Do you remember that show? Yes. I used to love that mm-hmm. show. Right. So I do want to take a moment here to pause and just uh, to re- let's reflect for a moment here on our top eight. So the advancers in the slasher category are Halloween and Scream. I don't know about y'all, but that matchup doesn't surprise me. That's come to those two. Um, in our universal slash new line category, much more of a surprise here. We have the Bride of Frankenstein and the Purge eventually going up against one another. Mm-hmm. In our demonic 
bracket, we have the Exorcist and the Conjuring. And then in our Not What They Seem bracket, we have It, Chapters 1 and 2, and Alien. So how are you guys feeling here about our top eight? It's all right. Yeah, there's some interesting ones in here. Like, I'm surprised The Purge made top eight. I am too. That's my biggest surprise of the eight. Same with Bride of Frankenstein, but I mean, yeah, up against the yeah, up against the other ones, it makes sense. It's just kind of strange. To me, it's weird that it chapters one and two, two two movies, have somehow <laughs> made it to the elite eight, and we haven't changed the name to the um, elite nine. <laughs> <laughs> He's never gonna give it up. <laughs> All right. Well. Lindsay, you have the honor of kicking us off and determining the one true slasher that moves on to the top four. So introduce it and give us your thoughts. Well, (laughs) I was going to say, I hate that I have to kick this one off, but also it means I don't have to be a tiebreaker of any kind. So (laughs) I'll take it. So first up is Halloween versus Scream. And... We knew this one was going to be rough, but I'm going to kick it off by going with Scream. (laughs) (laughs) This one's not rough for me at all. Halloween all the way. Hmm. Michael Myers over that ghost face bitch. (laughs) Two little whiny ass teenagers who are just, you know, versus Michael Myers. Let's do this. Bring it on. You can't revitalize a genre if it doesn't exist. I'm going to go with Halloween. Without Halloween, there is no Scream. And half of Scream's dialogue wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Halloween. <laughs> you have a point there, but I'm picking Scream. Oh, don't do this to me! <laughs> do you have to be the tiebreaker? When do we get to see Jamie Lee's breasts? <laughs> Not until she goes legit training places. I'm Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, you're on the <laughs> Jamie Kennedy experience. This one's the hardest one for me. By far. They're both like my two favorite movies of all time. They're both my comfort movies. To your point, Ron, you can't have Scream without Halloween. But mm-hmm. you can't have H2O, Halloween H2O without Scream. Yeah, but now you're just talking about a dog chasing its own tail. Yeah. <laughs> oh man this is not good this is not good i can we randomize it put it in a random generator online nope. to i'm gonna mine. make you pick yeah you have to pick we'll be here all night and you just edit this waiting out as jigsaw would say <laughs> 10 hours later <laughs> 10 and hours later in the, in the spongebob voice with the spongebob yep. title card 10 hours later <laughs> yes Search your feelings. If you had to choose one movie to watch over the the other one moving forward, what would it be? That is how I'm gonna have to decide this. If I one of these films, I'd probably watch at least once a month every year because it's like I, one of my favorite films. They're both one of my favorite films of all time, but one I tend to save for spooky season, and one I tend to watch more. <laughs> I'm going to throw a cudgel into the mix here. I'm gonna have to side with the girls and go scream. Hell yeah! I was not expecting Scream to win this one, you guys. I was I really not wasn't. either. I didn't think it was gonna be 
two to three on this one They're at all. All just so incredibly wrong. <laughs> I feel like this is a big upset. Yeah, <laughs> this is a big upset. All so I, incredibly wrong. And I and I know to your point, it's like a dog chasing tails mad about H two O, and we're not supposed to think about sequels and everything. But nope, there's no other place for me to say it. Scream has more high quality sequels than Halloween does. More consistent sequels. That than Halloween does that too. that wasn't the question at hand. None of the Scream sequels are as good as Halloween Four. I do love Halloween Four, or Halloween Twenty Eighteen for that match. Halloween Three or Halloween Three. Yeah. I love Halloween Three. I love Halloween Four. I love Halloween Twenty Eighteen. Uh, the Rob Zombies Halloween Defender is logged on, and mm-hmm. it's me. Yeah, <laughs> me as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. Movie. I like the Rob Zombie one too. Yeah. See, you were just wrong, overtime? Anthony. Anthony, are you waffling? Look, I, I, I'll just add one more thing to explain my choice here, and that is, and this is nothing against Halloween. I think I've just become so desensitized to the horrors of Halloween because of how often I've watched it. But you that drew. Said you watched Scream. I do, but but Don't that Drew Barrymore scene still gets me. You're That's so a... full of shit. <laughs> just because she's running around with no bra on, that doesn't mean you have to pick it over seeing the actual boobs in Halloween. <laughs> No, I, I I will move on. I locked in. I mean, I don't lock this in. Final answer, Scream. All right, in overtime, Scream moves forward. <laughs> Terrible. Oh man, it was an upset. It was an upset. I when I yeah I somehow made this bracket. I knew they were going to end up against one another, and I did not do anything to make that choice easier for me. Congratulations, you played yourself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, Kendall, you got to introduce the next one. Okay. Our final two in the uh, Universal New Line bracket. Ooh, okay. We have The Bride of Frankenstein versus The Purge. I don't like this. It's really hard when you have two movies that are so different. Uh, up against each other like Halloween and Scream was it was difficult but I don't know maybe it makes it easier for some but uh, it's hard to go against the Bride of Frankenstein but I'm gonna say if I want to sit down and watch one of these I'm gonna want to watch The Purge so I'm gonna go with The Purge I hate that yeah see I'm the exact opposite if I was gonna sit down and watch one of these right now I'd watch Bride of Frankenstein yeah Question is, is James DeMonico a one-trick pony? Perhaps, but I enjoyed the trick. I enjoyed it every time. I do too. <laughs> so I'm going to go with The Purge. I'm going to go with Matt and go The Pride of Frankenstein. Oh, interesting. Interesting indeed. I'm going to go with The Purge. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going to go with The Purge. I'm sticking with it. I think it's scarier. I like the concept. I'm going with the purge. Matt is just disgusted by the past two winners. It's okay, you tell can... us we're wrong again. I love when you tell no, us we're fine. wrong. No, yeah, it's fine. Do it's it. fine. Like, <laughs> I'm actually surprised the Bride of Frankenstein got that far. Honestly, I'm surprised by both of those. Honestly, getting as far as they did, I but... can't believe the purge has made the top four. Honestly, or screen yeah. for that matter. <laughs> well, that like south was it southwest bracket. Is a That's weird bracket. A, it yeah. is weird. Yeah, those are w- some weird ones. So the yeah. universal bracket. 
yeah universal type bracket you know ron why don't you uh kick off the final battle in the de demon bracket so what we really have here is a battle for control of catholicism mm -hmm. because you've got <laughs> what you've got one of the most catholic movies ever made in the exorcist <laughs> yep. and you've got the catholic batman and wonder woman in the conjuring <laughs> One of these has the outfits as authentically depicted in the time period. One of these does a great recreation of the time period. One of these has <laughs> one of the all-time best like scary monsters in cinema. One of these has a whole rogues gallery of scary monsters that show up throughout various sequels, prequels, requels, reboots, spin-offs, spin-outs, and scream outs but uh, only one of these has Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga and as much as I love The Exorcist and as much as I think it's great and scary there's nothing that resonates emotionally as much in The Exorcist <laughs> as the those two in their relationship in The Conjuring so I'm going to go with The Conjuring Let's have the fake Warrens send Pazuzu to suck cocks in hell. Conjuring. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go the Conjuring. Uh, you phrased it perfectly, Ron. That fake relationship between the fake Warrens is really what resonates and grounds that series and I think makes that series so successful. If you take Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga and their relationship and chemistry out of those films, they would be your standard possession films. I think they are what make that series so successful and what makes people keep coming back to those films. So, the contrary. I agree with everything you said, except I would still pick The Exorcist over The Conjuring. Ooh. Uh I just, I think it's the scarier movie. And I'm, I don't know. Look, I'm just a sucker for projectile vomit, you guys. So. <laughs> my pick is The Conjuring. I think it's super scary. I, that's my favorite of the two. So The Conjuring moves on. Now we have a being from the far reaches of the universe versus xenomorph we have pennywise the clown in its chapters one and two versus alien this one i am going to say is actually easier for me than getting here with these two and i'm i i can't go against pennywise i have to go it's chapters one and two alien is terrifying but pennywise the killer clown is terrifying too Pennywise, a dancing clown, is terrifying too. And uh, if I was going to put on one of these films, I'd on it chapter one right now. It's just an easier watch. So. I, I I am also an it person. It is. I've talked about it before. It is my favorite of all time. So this one was easy for me as well, but for all of the opposite reasons that Anthony mentioned. If I were going to put a movie on right now between these two, it would be Alien. Because you're not putting one movie on. You're putting two movies on. <laughs> and which two movies... And, and, and hear me out. Do you want to watch one story that's told over the course of, like, 
six hours or do you want to watch <laughs> like this podcast episode two, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or do you want to watch two of the leanest meanest horror movies ever made the leanest horror movie <laughs> ever made <laughs> and the best action movie ever made i'm going to go all day for the nostromo and i still hate paul riser we're going to go with what <laughs> why do you hate paul riser he's such a dick in those movies. Oh, you just mean in those movies. Okay. Yes. I thought you meant in general. <laughs> it made me hate him and mad about you because he, I was like, that's the dick who keeps trying to send Ripley after the alien. He's not did. super great in Stranger Things either. No, he's also mm. he's back to playing that same that guy is the ancestor that guy's the ancestor of his character in uh who works for Wayland Yutani. So the Stranger Things experiments lead to Wayland Yutani. That's my hit that's, canon. That's great. But and alien. make no mistake, I would put on Alien and Aliens. Oh, exactly. Over it one and, two. and I love it one and two. I do. I just like Alien and Aliens more. Comes down to you, Kendall. Mm, my pick. This one wasn't too so hard for me. Um, I'm gonna, even though it's two movies, I'm gonna pick it. That's my choice. I like that one better. It is more of a classic Halloween horror movie, too, than I think Alien and Aliens are. So, yeah, that one you can watch fall Halloween. It definitely has the feel for that, too. But yeah, it, it's my pick. Well, that brings us to our top four. We have Scream, The Purge, The Conjuring, and It, chapters one and two. So Matt, so, Matt, you get to kick off the first battle here between okay. Scream and The Purge. Well, this is uh, down to Scream and The Purge, uh, as Anthony just said. And, well, uh, I know which one I would normally pick, but I hate you all, so I'm picking okay. The Purge. All those times I stood up with Matt I and finally found <laughs> I love the petty Betty right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Amazing. The twist. He's really gonna hate it if the purge wins the whole thing. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I am going to stand by my ghost face. I'm going to stand by my iconic horror trio of Sydney, Gale, and Dewey and go with Scream. Scream. It's it's Scream always. Why do I feel like Lindsay's going to disappoint us here? No, I'm going with Scream. <laughs> I think it's going to be Ron. Matt, I'm standing with you. <laughs> Somebody had Scream, to. All the homies hate Scream. Purge. <laughs> so Scream moves on to the top two. Yeah. And that Lindsay introduce the next one. So it comes down to the conjuring versus it, chapters one and two. The winner of this will go to the championship matchup. <laughs> and <laughs> is all I have to say about that. Um, I'm gonna go with the Conjuring. Of jeez, for the laundry list of things that we've stated, and I'm gonna overstate again. I really do like 
it chapters one and two. But the Warrens, the um, the monsters, the everything in The Conjuring, I feel like is just, for me, it's, it's the winner in this matchup. Make that two, Lindsay. Um, I'm shooting myself in the foot here, but I'll say it now. Along with Scream, The Conjuring trilogy is probably the horror movies I watch the most throughout the year as well. I love those movies. They are quickly becoming comfort movies for me. I'm going to hate having to cut off a limb in the final battle if The Conjuring moves on, uh, but The Conjuring. Don't make it three. I vote for it. I'm going to have to vote for it as well. Um, It's just, I love the world that, you know, it creates. Um, I love, it makes me anxious. It's scary. It's funny. Um, I've watched it more than I've seen The Conjuring. I grew up with miniseries. It traumatized me and has a special place in my heart. It's got to be it. If, you know, five emotionally damaged traumatized adults can beat at the clown imagine how much of a walk that would be for ed and lorraine warren they would just smoke pennywise's ass in one movie and it wouldn't take two <laughs> <laughs> they've dealt with all kinds of scary things you think they're really going to be sh- that shaken by pennywise no the conjuring <laughs> let's do it make anthony kill kill one of his favorites in this final <laughs> It's revenge for Halloween. <laughs> I will say I'm kind of glad I don't have to choose between it and Scream. So, well, Kendall, you get to oh. introduce this final battle royale and kick okay. us off here. Well, we have our final two: Scream versus The Conjuring. We have Ghostface, and we have. Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are beloved by many of you. This is a pretty good pairing, in my opinion. Those are good movies. I am going to go towards Scream. That is one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite horror movies in general. Yeah, I'm going with Scream. Well, they've come this far. And, uh, you know, we've said a lot of good about them. The Conjuring is going to be my pick on this one. As far as iconic horror couples go, you've got uh, what Stu and Billy from Scream, <laughs> and you've got Ed and Lorraine Warren from The Conjuring. This is not a close choice for me. It's obviously going to be The Conjuring. I've been the con- it's, I've been routed out for The Conjuring all along. This is not just because of Revenge for Halloween. This is because I think The Conjuring is a better movie than Scream. Yeah, and I think The Conjuring universe is like a and as much as I like some of those Scream sequels, uh, I really enjoyed them. Uh, my wife's a big Scream head, but like The Conjuring just ticks some boxes for me that Scream doesn't even try to. So I'm going to go with The Conjuring. Well, I know which one I'm going to vote for. So Anthony, this do you want do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You know what? I'll go first. I'll put myself out there first. I love both of these movies. I've said that, I, you know, anyone who knows me knows my it's Scream, Halloween, and The Conjuring for me. Those three. I had to cut off a limb with Halloween. I think this is a really interesting matchup. We have a slasher, the slasher that revitalized slasher and horror, 
And then we have probably the most popular haunted house movie mm-hmm. in a few decades. Before you get started too far, Anthony, I will point out that The Conjuring has spawned almost as many imitators as Scream has, if not more, because they're a lot cheaper to make. You are correct. Just throwing it out there. They're both very influential for what they are. You're correct. And look, both both of these have been comfort movies for me. Both I watch both throughout the year. So it really comes down to if I was gonna put on one now in the midst of spooky season, what am I gonna put on? What is gonna give me more of a scare and more of those fall vibes? And for me, I must cut out the legs of Ghostface and go with the conjuring. What? Oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> what? And you <laughs> voted for Scream over Halloween. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Well, I said I knew which way I was gonna vote, so I won't leave anyone hanging. Um, but I I was gonna go with the conjuring as well. Oh wow. Yeah, because I do I do love Scream. I do the conjuring is scarier it's more i don't know it's it's got more depth for me as a movie than scream does and i it it works i love them both but yeah for me it came down to which one is scarier and for me it also came down to i i don't not relate i i the words resonate with me more i feel i am more invested in the two of them and their relationship and their journey mm-hmm. as individuals than i am sydney dale gale and Dewey. so the conjuring comes out on top of our 2023 <laughs> <laughs> that's wild amazing wow that's i did not expect this if it was Conjuring versus Halloween, which one would you have picked, Anthony? Ooh. Which one would I have picked? Yeah. I probably still would have gone with the Conjuring because I find it scarier at this point because I've become so desensitized to Halloween. Oh, right, right, right. Interesting. What would, what would you have picked, Lindsay? I don't know. I might <laughs> I might have picked I think I would have picked Halloween. Kendall would have picked the Conjuring. Yes, she would have. I knew that. Yeah. Interesting alternate reality here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but that's the so, way the bracket rolls, right? You know? Very that's true, the way the, the bracket rolls. That's crazy. Uh, I'm so... That's wild. That so, is wild. But you know what? The fun was the journey, guys. Not the journey. not the destination. It was the journey. It was, it the was journey. fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real journey. conjuring was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> 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 of course it was. Of course it was. This really was a journey for sure. I love when Matt calls us wrong. It really just makes me happy. Hey, it's you're really all bad. entitled to your wrong opinion. It's okay. <laughs> so b- before we wrap up this very long episode and plug where people could find you if they want to listen to you apart from this six hour show, um, I do. Did any of you going up with some of these tough choices? Did any of you learn anything about your horror movie tastes? <laughs> I always knew I had uh interesting taste in horror movies and campy and bad, but it's interesting that some of my favorites like Saw and Purge made it as far as they did because I didn't realize they were 
I don't know a whole lot of people, I guess, in my real life who enjoy them as much as like some of you guys do. I just learned what I kind of already knew. And because you picked some stuff to go on this bracket that I just have never had any interest in seeing and still haven't seen the number of things on here I had to go. You know, I have no dog in this fight. I, I don't care, whatever. Um, Like the witch, like just just not anything I ever had any interest in. Um, same with hereditary and um, just a, a couple of the other ones. I'm like, oh, those are just things I'm not interested in. They they nothing about any of the trailers ever got me or anything like that. And I still have no interest in seeing them, even after we've done all this stuff about them. So, yeah. I, I like camp. I knew I liked camp. So <laughs> that was not a surprise. I think I learned that besides that, I do definitely have a type. I gear more toward the 70s, 80s horror flicks. I like mm -hmm. the pacing. I like the storylines. I like a lot about it. The scores, especially in Halloween. Um, so I never really thought about that before but big fan big fan i always knew i liked the the religious you know demonic type of thrillers so that wasn't a surprise to me either but but i have some movies that i need to go back and rewatch because of their uh stellar reviews from all of you despite my <laughs> not being into them so i'll give a few more of these a uh, another go the thing i learned is that i hate these kind of things <laughs> <laughs> No, the thing I learned is that I'm mad at Anthony because he picked Scream over Halloween. But that's <laughs> like Matt said, you're entitled. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, especially when it's wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I I I have a pretty solid understanding of myself as a as a movie person, as a movie watcher, and and camp and silliness and and fun weird premises can only take you so far if the rest of the stuff doesn't back it up. But I am sad to say that everyone in, in this at least Kendall and Lindsay both have an appreciation for camp and yet mm -hmm. the movie with the most amount of camp in it uh, the movie that takes place at a camp Friday the 13th was out in the first round <laughs> it's because it just like we talked about before the plot just doesn't carry the movie you know what I mean the atmosphere mm -hmm. does I just I wish it was better they're gonna throw Lindsay out of New Jersey after that the problem with Friday the 13th is it's not even the best Friday the 13th. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like if, yeah. 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 If any, if, if, there are several other Friday the 13th movies I might have moved forward before I moved forward the original Friday the 13th. I literally talked about this on our last episode of our podcast um, because, again, um, Friday 13th versus. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street like when my husband said which one should we watch and I said you would like Nightmare on Elm Street better it's just a better movie well despite some conflict here toward the end which I expected and some hard choices I hope that next year when we start this in April so we finish with plenty of time <laughs> for Halloween uh, I hope that I can convince you guys to come back for some other kind of whether it's horror villains or remakes or reboots or sequels or something I hope I can convince you to come back for villains I feel like would have a hard time getting a bracket 
It would definitely have to be a smaller bracket, I yeah. think. If you <laughs> did, <laughs> I think you could do se- like sequels versus remakes. So like one side be sequels, one side be remakes. Maybe well, lots, lots to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm, but plenty of time. Regardless of what is decided, I hope you all will come back for that one because this is a good uh, group to talk horror movies with, and I know last time with all four of you. So. Mm-hmm. For sure, I'll always be back. Yeah, there'll be a se- the sequels bracket, a remakes bracket, a uh, bracket just for Tony Collette. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I don't know what the third, the fourth bracket is going to be, but <laughs> movies Matt hasn't seen and never wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, you guys could make me do homework. That could be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. But listeners, if you're still listening at the end of this episode, which I hope you are, I think you will be. It's shorter than I thought it would when it turned out when editing. Um, and it's some good content. Where can listeners find all four of you if they want to hear more of you after this episode? You can find me and Ron on Filmstrip Podcast, which is available anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. And also, you can follow us on Instagram. Yep, Instagram, Facebook, all those social media things. You can find uh, uh, Filmstrip on there, and you can also see my writing at Den of Geek. I got bad news about the Daryl Dixon show. They're not doing episodic coverage yet, but I'm going to get a couple features done for it. So at least I'll get something out of, you know, watching six hours of Daryl Goes to France. (laughs) The wrong kind of laugh, Anthony. It's got to be... (laughs) (laughs) well you can listen to me and my friend misty on our podcast two girls one crypt it is a horror podcast where we uh, go through many different subgenres of horror and uh, you can find us we just launched on friday uh, september 1st so by the time this comes out we'll have a few more but We have several episodes out now. Um, It's really fun. We've covered Slashers, Haunted Houses, Stephen King, and um, you can find us right now. I believe we're just on Spotify, but when, by the time this comes out, I think we should be on all the other platforms as well and follow us on Instagram at two girls, one crypt. So why two girls, one crypt and not two ghouls, one crypt. Would that just be too much of a (laughs) two on the nose? I don't know. I never thought about that. We are really bad at naming things and really indecisive. (laughs) And I came up with two girls, one crypt. And she was like, that's perfect. And we never looked back. So I don't know. I always liked uh, your other podcast name for Fork's sake. For Fork's sake. I named that as well. (laughs) Yeah. Or no, maybe mine was like, what the fork? And then we said for Fork's sake or something like that. But yeah, that one's still around as well we're just not super active um everybody can listen to either of my shows if you want i have uh my uh christmas podcast where i talk to other christmas performers uh that is north pole radio and just my geek podcast is just two broke geeks yep and you'll hear all of these people on our show periodically uh ron and jay are coming on for black christmas 2006 
Kendall and Lindsay are coming on for Scream 3. I'd invite Matt on. I know he hates Freddy vs. Jason and Halloween Kills, which are our other movies this year. <laughs> I, you are correct. I don't like either one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so stay tuned. You'll hear them all in our main feed soon. And, uh, you know, start November 1st, you will return to our normally scheduled Christmas content until uh, next Halloween. So, guys, thank you again. This was a blast. Yes, yeah, of course. So I'm going to miss not seeing you guys next week for another recording. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> um, and listeners, let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. Uh, linktree.com slash tis podcast all hate mail about Halloween not making it to the final two can come my way <laughs> in the meantime though uh, keep it spooky and have a happy Halloween 